0: You're listening to G.I.D. Radio, the best alternative for commercial radio on G.I.D. Uh,
1: so we're back. You know what I mean? Another episode.
2: Hold on. Is, is Eric missing again?
1: Eric He's is missing, missing again. again. But that's why we have, you know, yeah. the legendary Boogie Blonde here. Yeah. But it's all good,
2: man. Shout out to Generic. Shout out to Generic, generic. man. Yeah, you know I mean, We miss you, man.
1: Yeah, we miss you already, bro. So, yo, some crazy shit. A whole lot of lawsuits and fucking people getting sued over the week. Even though it was Christmas week. Mm-hmm. First off, I want to talk about YouTube, you know, moving like over...
2: Oh yeah, that's, that was crazy.
1: A couple billion views on YouTube. Really? From the record labels. First of all, RCA, Sony BMG, and Universal. But like, just the simple fact that your favorite or your quote-unquote favorite videos that have been getting the crazy plays, they're all fake. <laughs> they were
3: fake. They're all so, fake. Um, so so apparently YouTube removed how many views?
1: Over how many? Over billions. Two First billion. First of all, I'll break it down. RCA okay. had three, 39 million views. RCA had 39 million fake views. Sony BMG had 847.7 million views. and. Oof. Universal was the worst one. It had like a couple, couple billion. So that's crazy. They, re- they removed them all. So if you go back to your favorite joints. So it it's might be a lot different. Psy Gangnam Style still at one billion. I don't views. know. I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> I'm not watching that shit.
3: <laughs> one billion people disagree with you, Sean.
1: <laughs> and
3: eighty percent of them are Asian. No, I'm serious. That's real talk. Eighty real talk. I pr- I'm pretty sure I read this stat. I don't know how Crazy. accurate it is. If you guys out there listening, correct me if I'm wrong. But I heard that eighty percent of all YouTube views consist of uh, the Asian, Asian. Uh, hmm.
1: The Asian, the, the Asian persuasion? The Asian persuasion uh people. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Eighty That's percent. Crazy. Eighty percent. So in other uh unfortunate lawsuit news, um remember that song by Naughty by Nature, um, Uptown Anthem? But anyway, Naughty by Nature, Uptown Anthem. Do y'all remember that song? Yes, yes. So, you know, when uh, when you hear the sample, we gotta
0: yeah, that's we got plus yeah.
1: one. Yeah, they got, yeah. They're, they're getting sued, them, sued finally, by them cats, you, man. You, you know, no way. You know, you,
0: know, you know, I do that in the club, but people don't get it, like, because I, I out of nowhere, I'll be like, Yeah, hey, you ready for this? And me, they'll be like, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's the and shit. Like, he knows what's up. Like, people didn't know that they, that little part, we're going to, that little part. Wow. And,
1: and the thing is, yeah, they were like, like oh, that. you guys exploited us. You used our voice 41 times within the song. Oh, oh yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's yeah. But
0: it, what's crazy is how long ago did this joint come out? Okay. Doesn't matter. Is that I worse know. than... Is that? I mean, is, I mean, since we're speaking about that, is that worse than uh, the guy that brought the rights to... Uh, I don't know if it's... I, I mean, I know Trouble Funk falls onto that, but uh-huh. waiting for the guy from the Beastie Boys, he just died, and he's like, well... You, 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 uh, that's crazy. For, um, wow. No. That's that's shit off of, um uh Kick it, pan, Yeah. Shit from your TV rap. From, wait, from wait.
3: what I heard, no. From what I heard, I don't know if this is accurate, but... From the time of his death, um, any re- any kind of records that sample Beastie Boys after that date um, is forbidden. So if oh, you already wow. did, I'm what? hearing that that's okay. okay. I don't know if that's true, wow. but uh, I know that, uh, you know, just out of respect, Beastie Boys are off limits entirely.
4: Wow. That's yeah, crazy. I got a couple,
3: like, drum breaks that I, like, got to redo now because I, I sampled them Damn.
1: or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. But yeah, man, so, you know, that's the unfortunate news. But it's with like lawsuit year. 2012 was lawsuit year. Yeah, I, I don't understand yeah. it, man. I don't understand it, but, you know, we, we I understand. We're
2: going through rough times, cats, really. We are going through rough times, yeah. man. They're looking for sources, It's just crazy. You know? How,
1: well, like, what year did that come out on, though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why didn't they notice that before? Like yeah. yeah, that's 91. what I mean. Why they didn't, didn't they notice shit. that before when that shit was on the radio? Consistently. Like, it's not yeah. even on the radio anymore. That was more than 20 years ago. That was. The so the cat... It's got like the, the publishing company is going after that, you know what I mean? Like wow. who actually knows who is going after that in that group? 20 It could years. be the whole thing, you know, somebody could be bankrupt. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not saying like y'all niggas is broke, but Y'all niggas is broke. <laughs> <But laughs> <laughs> y'all do me a favor. Turn that ringer off. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was stony. That's okay. But, but I did anyway, the same thing. I um, just shut mine off. So y'all heard oh of ToonSpring? Oh yeah, what's TuneSpring? What is that? ToonSpring is this new uh, licensing website and service online where um, musicians like us uh-huh. make sample-free music, or you know even MCs, and they get a hundred percent of this motherfucker. Like you can sell it directly to these companies, and these companies can go on this site, and it's really easy to use. You know what I mean? They pay a membership fee, uh-huh. but. They can also upload their commercial and listen to your music while their commercial is running. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? So cats can... Know exactly when or what they want to actually buy from you.
3: So you go to TuneSpring. Um, TuneSpring You gotta com. you gotta sign up too. You're so gonna you pay a membership
1: up. fee too, but you're paying you're you're, you're keeping 100. Yeah. percent They're not taking. A so it's basically
3: a company that accepts non-sampled beats from producers, right? Uh-huh. And they take that music and license it.
1: To it, certain, the, the company's dealing with you. You name your price. You're not going through wow, tune, tune no middleman. No middleman. Yeah, you're keeping 100. percent
3: You guys heard it, man. Go to tunespring. dot com. dot com. Tunespring. dot com. Uh, uh,
2: Google Tunespring. You know. Google Tunespring, man. And, Get and in it. It's yeah, yeah.
3: So, you know, speaking of Tunespring, too. Like, and and this is something I really wanted to talk about for a long time, but uh, you know. Now that the internet is just such a huge part of what we do as producers and even artists and songwriters and engineers, there's so there's so many different avenues now for us to be able to, to uh, generate income, you know? It's no longer only about um, producing records, sending them out, and getting those records placed in hopes to get something on a major label or, or a project that generates income so that you can generate income. Um, that's still very much a huge part of being a producer. Right. Um, and I think that's probably top three, you know, still most one of the most important aspects of being a producer is play the placement game. Right. But it doesn't just have to be the placement stuff, right? So,
1: Yo, Cass can get a
4: lot of money. Yo, from there's
3: that, a lot like of money to be made. Shit, I mean, man.
4: there's another company. Video games, uh, there's toon, yep. commercials. There's Tooncore. Tooncore. Yo, Tooncore. Toon um, fantastic.
1: Pump audio. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
2: There's so much.
1: Yo, there's a lot of cast, but a lot of cast be taking that percentage though. They take the percentage, but but, but you know what? Like what's cheaper? What's cheaper? Think about it. What's cheaper? Yes. I'm not saying either or is better, but what's cheaper? Paying uh, a fee every month, like twenty bucks a month, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Or. Paying every time you sell something, I think when I, I you th- and you get a percentage taken. I, away. I think
2: it's all good because their cats they have tracks that are sitting on their hard drives doing nothing. Exactly. Yeah, I got a couple. Dusty I, joints. Mean, I mean, I a friend of mine he's a part of the tune court thing also, and every now and then he'll get a check, get a check. for something that they took a percentage of, and what he gets is what he didn't have yesterday. That's amazing. So
3: I mean, you know. Uh, f- what, let's say a company that licenses your music, your beats for, and they take, let's say, fifty percent, which is like right. a huge that's, chunk. That's fucking ridiculous. But, but <laughs> <laughs> that fifty percent of, of you know, a thousand dollars, two thousand right. dollars is more than z- you know, one hundred percent of right. zero. That's you know what I mean? So, True. like, you know, if you play your cards right. You can generate enough income to do that, and you know a lot of these websites and a lot of these companies um, shop your music non exclusively so you can you can you know collect a database of non sampled music you know i 'm talking about twenty thirty forty 50, even like a hundred beats right. right submit them to these companies, and it's their job to try and shop your music to television to commercials you know um, broadcast radio and all those things and and they get a, a lot of times these companies get a big percentage, but at the end of the day they 're not going to make money unless you make money so that's mm-hmm. money that you're earning in your sleep with zero effort the, we 're talking that, about tracks that you already made and
2: then you're you're getting some information on how to conduct your business right how to you know how to manage well, your how to manage your stuff so that when you do you get can. to a level where you're with a company and you're trying to get publishing deals and all that, you kind of already understand how the game is going you you have to give a little bit you got to give a little bit to get something
1: yeah 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 you do so at the end of the day what's the answer to my question the answer is just do it all just do 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 it it all yeah do do it it all all. like yo you know i'm gonna try every single one of those out and we'll see what happens i might do that with you you know what i mean yeah why not? Why Why
2: not? not
3: So, um, I'm I'm reading this book right now. I should have fucking brought it. I was what supposed to bring was it. His. What book is so it? So, I went to buy. I'm it reading. wasn't a, is it an
2: Asian book. Can we it, all read it? It's an Asian
3: book called uh, <laughs> called uh, the, the I mean,
2: can we all read it? It's yeah.
3: called Asian Sexual Now I'm like, wow. it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no pause.
2: Wow. Wow, that
1: Jameson Select Reserve is working on already. Wow. 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 No pause. <laughs> wow. wow. Um <laughs> <laughs> You guys fucking
3: hate me. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. For real, on some real shit though. It's this book and quest. I fucking dude. you've been waiting for months, dude.
0: <laughs> like these books. All I know, but this uh, thing I'm is a,
3: gonna get some. I actually have a, a gift for all for both of you guys, Thank by you. the way. Uh, but uh, it's this is book and um, I hope
2: chopsticks are involved.
3: Wow. Uh, chopsticks are definitely involved. <laughs> Borderline uh, racism. Yeah. <laughs> Let the man get this story It's, it's, a, it's a Jeremy Lin jersey for you. Uh, <laughs> the next one it's a limited edition. They don't make them anymore. Oh, anyway, okay. it's uh so so it's his book um it's really amazing. I should have brought it, but uh, uh you know, next week I'll I'll bring the book in and we'll talk about it, but uh it's a book that basically talks about um self-confidence, but then also uh focuses on the fact that every single business, every single um you know, um Working department, whether it's music business or you know nursing, whatever it is, uh, is a people business. So when you look at your life and your your business and who you are and how you generate money as a as a people entity, um, you start to think about things like, okay, I'm dealing with people every day. So if I'm dealing with people and I'm relying on people, you know, and that's one one thing that 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 uh, they talk about in the book constantly, is the fact that we all rely on other people. That's right. Always. Regardless of what work you do, music industry or not, we rely on other people. And other people rely on us in return. So the moral of the story is if the lifeblood of what we do is based on working with other people, then we as people, as individuals, need to um, make sure that those relationships... With other people are as solid and lucrative and, and trustworthy and, and uh, honest as possible, and in order to do that, you just have to really possess uh, certain characteristics of being a good person where people gravitate towards you yes, sir. you know when you, when you get to the point where you 're the type of person that where people start to rely on you, mm-hmm. people count on you, people trust you, people uh, are inspired by you. Mm-hmm. Um, and people want to conduct business with you and engage with you um you know that you're kind of in the right direction and when you get to that realization where okay I'm I'm the type of person where I'm in a certain position I know that people are inspired by me I know that people rely on me I know that um I have I possess certain skills and certain things that other people uh admire and want to engage with me in and when I realize that, I, I start to give back and start to engage with them and create a community around myself. When you start to realize that, amazing things really start to happen. And uh, it's, it's really an amazing concept because at the end of the day, people, it's people. I mean, we rely on people. You know what I mean? If you're uh, a teacher, what do you do? You, you get your paycheck from... I don't know, fucking... Another uh, person. Another person, right, who has an opinion about who you are and what you do. Um, If you're an accountant for, you know, a a big accounting company, you know, you're relying on your personality and your aura to be able to influence the higher-ups to say, you know what? This person is really good at what they do. Let's give them a raise or let's, you know, put them in a better position. And that's all based on personality. In the book, they did a study where... Um, ninety-five percent of people that got fired at their jobs were the reason why they got fired wasn't because they weren't skilled enough. It was because their personality sucked. sucked. Now think about that. You know, you could have a person that's really good at what they do, really good education. You know, master's degree, blah blah blah, all this stuff. They're they're at work. You know, on time every day. They put the work in. If they but, don't like you they don't like but you but the per, if the if the personality isn't there and the the interhuman skills um, aren't there then those are the types of people that usually either quit or get fired or or, or feel really miserable about their job and it, it's really an interesting concept so uh, does, I wish what's I had the name of this about?
0: book what's the name of this book yeah I was just waiting gonna for gonna the bring it title in. nigga I'm going to i I'm <laughs> going to
3: bring it in you know what matter of fact if you guys listening follow me on twitter if you're not already ill Mind producer at my Producer, I'm going to tweet it when I get home, um, and we'll we'll post it up when we put the podcast up. But uh, it's really an amazing book, and it's it's really really life changing. But you know? I mean, you, I you're talking
2: about what we touch on on most of our shows. Yeah, you know, and it's well, about it's being so true, and it's though. about being it's about being responsible. Yep, you know, being a responsible adult and know, knowing the industry that you're in too. You know, where you might be in an industry where you work at a recording studio, and your behavior and your etiquette in this recording studio will be completely different than it would be in a retail situation. Yeah. So learn the type of business that you're in also because one one way of doing things doesn't apply to everything. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. So understand your industry and how you direct and deal with people. With retail, you might have to be a little more aggressive. Right. In a recording studio, you might have to back off a little bit. You know, sometimes less is more. Totally. So learn your industry. Totally. Yeah. And,
3: and, you know, three, I would say for those of you listening in, you know, three qualities to possess that can almost, and I feel, this is my opinion, but I feel like if you possess these three qualities, it could almost guarantee success, whether you're a producer or a rapper, whatever it is, three qualities. Number one, talent, you know, being fu- ridiculously talented to the point where your material or your skill set is undeniable. Undeniable. Whether you're now,
2: now, let me make a point. Okay, talent there's talent, there's natural talent that you're born with, and then there's your acquired uh, uh, that you're you're born with. That you know, you didn't earn that, that's something that was you, you, you're born with it. And then there's the skill set of honing that particular talent and sharpening your skill on that. You know what I mean? There are people that are not that talented in terms of looking at a scale, their talent might be at at a four or something, but their skill, they've They've honed their skill for so yeah. long that they've pushed themselves to make that talent become a 10 when it was a 4. You right. know what I mean? And then you got cats who are a 10, but because they don't sharpen their skills, it starts, you start, right. losing. And and, you start and, losing. And
3: speaking of not sharpening skills, talent, right? So let's talk about talent for a second. got to have talent. Um, and in order to have talent, what do you need? You need to put the work in, put the man hours in, yep. and you have to be passionate about what you're doing. If you don't like what you're doing or you kind of like it and you're unsure about it, then you'll never reach the genius talent level of that profession ever unless you really, 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 really are passionate about it. doesn't matter what it is. And, you have so to, and it, be relentless with it, y'all. Yeah, so, so, so be passionate about it first and that will be the talent. And the great thing about the talent is that we're all in control of that. So you're in control of that. Number one, talent. Number two is uh, what I just said, passion. Um, You know, if you're not passionate about making beats or making music, then you're never gonna reach that level. You know what I mean? So, you know, do it for the right reason. Um, Regardless of what industry you're in, you gotta, if, if it feels right, if you wake up in the morning and you think about it and then you go to bed at night and you still think about it, that you're probably passionate about it. So so, if you're passionate about producing, then do that shit every day, every moment of the f- of your free time. Do it, do it, do it, and you'll acquire the talent that you need. Um, What's the third one? The third one is what I was talking about a couple minutes ago: likability. You have to just have to be a likable person. That's true. You know what I mean? And well, you do. You uh, you really do. There's a lot of artists that are assholes, though. Well, but they're likable enough to go to to exist and maneuver in the system. Well, I mean, we don't have to... Look, all right, look at Kanye, for instance. Con, con, Kanye, I'll, Kanye. Everybody hates he's, Kanye, but everybody, everybody hates Kanye. Everybody hates him. They he love, has a reputation. It. They love his passion. He's, he's relentless. Got a, he's got a reputation you know. of, 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 of not being liked, but you know what? That's from us, the general public. We see him as someone that people probably dislike, but we don't know what his interactions are mm. inside, you know right. what I'm saying? But this I, motherfucker but I, but I, is 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 you know a uh, a uh, 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 and I can say he's he's a this dude's a genuine guy that you know he he walks into the room and immediately you know you're likable. But I'm more so talking about being likable as a new producer, you know? Um, but I
2: can see what he's saying on both ends. Again, depending on your industry, your circle and how you move like certain behaviors is gonna work in your circle and that particular click, You go into another circle, it's just not gonna f- it's not gonna fly. So learn your industry. Find out who your immediate what your immediate circle is like. You know, we sure. have a certain way that we move. You know, some cats don't drink, some cats right. don't smoke. You go to a certain session, you go to certain places. If you ain't smoking, they not fucking right. with you.
0: Well, you well I see, look, saying? the, the like, smoking and so I just okay, did a look. trip where there were people that were doing stuff that is just. I just don't. They
1: was doing coke, exactly. and you know yeah. you weren't trying to partake. Right. Is that what boils down to they, they, so. they was doing I that molly. It's so shocking. It's they like, was doing like,
0: that molly. That's cool. Right.
4: They do that don't shit like it was you, real casual to too, right? See,
0: yeah. Please don't do that because you fucked it up now. Right. right. So, right. I'm not exactly. gonna blow you up. Cause right. Like it seems like here, you got to be covered up unless you. I mean, it's not like the '80s where people was like, "I can sniff coke, I got money." No, it's different now. It's like I'm hiding. You right. go to fucking anywhere else in the world, they're
4: like, here, 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 here. you yeah. i
5: like, yeah.
3: no. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. But, you know, regardless Bo- of bl- the- Boogie
2: Blonde chiming in, y'all.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, know. you know, regardless <laughs> of the substance abuse thing or whatever, you know, it all really, honestly, at the end of the day, comes back to likability. And I, I'm, I feel strongly about that because if, you're, if you possess something, a talent, that, that you, people could only get from you, And on top of that, you're a likable person, you could engage in conversation, engage with strangers, engage with people, engage with with, uh, 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 business personnel, and you can, you know, uh, get to that point with them where, okay, yeah, this person, I like this guy. You know what I'm saying? Let me hear him out. I get
2: what you're saying, but it's perception, too. You know, why people like people. They have all types of reasons as to why they like them. You drink with a dude. You smoke with somebody who smokes. That's my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Likeability. Likeability for what exactly? So then that's perception, you know. It doesn't, you know, what you think in liking is might not be my version of liking. So it's all about learning.
4: You, you know what circles? I,
1: I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Be fucking a chameleon, yo. Know? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like for real, like being being able to that's adapt. Being able to to a very each situation, being able to talk to anybody in any situation. I get you, but 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 I'm
3: you. not saying to. You know, read fucking forty-eight laws of power ten times in a row, and like be—it's sh- not always bad. It's not, always always, a bad do move. It's not like, strategic. Do that, right? you, <laughs> do like, like, like if I meet fucking, fucking—I uh, don't want to hear name any names—but but you know, I'm not gonna name go out of my way. You know, I don't advise going out of your way to play a certain part, right. To talk to someone and and, and 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 talk to them in a way where you're saying things that you think you want them to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> be yourself. If you're if you're yourself right. and you know how to communicate with other human beings, and you're you're likable, trust me, you're fucking likable. Things far you away. Right. Things far you away. Song's so, giving me the, so, the
1: motherfucking the wrap
4: it up. B. The wrap it up.
1: Like, yo, Boogie Blind, what's up, man? Can, can we we, we about t- to go to a little little music break, and then we're gonna really have, we're gonna talk about Clear some some, some fucking Christmas joints that dropped. You know what I mean? Some EPs. We're gonna no talk idea. about, you know. <laughs> We're, we're about to get town. into it, man. You kidding me? I'm just letting you know right now. You kidding me? You know what I mean? Get out of here! <laughs> 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 but yeah, yo, we're about to go on a music break and uh, but, um, producers tune in, y'all. Yeah, you know, we, we're gonna we, we're gonna come back and guest- talk about the 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 Christmas EPs that dropped and maybe talk about you know these couple tracks that we you know we really like over over the Christmas weekend and yeah, man. We, we got a lot to talk we'll about We there. have a very
3: and, Very
4: special
1: guest Yes And We got Orthodox coming up A.K.A. Ivan Barrios You know what I'm saying yeah. Boss Yeah Cute. From, the, from Karma Productions I mean if y'all yeah, want to yeah. know About
2: music Y'all better tune in If I y'all want
1: to know About that Philly shit nah, I mean like, it's all I'm just about saying about that Philly shit you know, Y'all know, want to know
2: about that? Nom- We're going
1: to talk about the Johns. We're going to talk about the Johns. We're going to talk about a about couple the, bulls. We're going to talk I mean? about the South Streets. We're going to talk about Touch of Jazz. We're going to talk about this cat being involved and in no- getting nominated for 15 Grammys, B. One so, five. boss. We're going to get into all that. Jesus. So, Boogie Blind.
5: Let's
2: go.
1: Hit me with something. BRB, oh, we bitch.
5: We be the facts. Ain't nothing left. We in the best. All that we ask, we just have one request. Pull that shit back when you playin' our tracks. Check. You know on the test bona bonafide, hella fresh guy. Uh, Down to the fly, the watch is killing your eyes. It's for a limited time. I know you feeling the vibe. Girls killing the wine while girls killing the wine. Used to hit them with them beats. Now I'm hitting them with rhymes, too. Might see them with Sky Zoo. Uh, Never having time to listen to no whack shit. We turn it off pronto. Mind you, I be on my grind, too. Wicked mind you. Had to bring your mind through just to set it upon you. Used to chill off God in the stew. Now we up in Brooklyn, certified hood shit. All in these raps, we be stating the facts. Ain't nothing left, we displaying the best. All in these raps, we be stating the facts. Ain't nothing left, we displaying the best. All that we ask, we just have one request: pull that shit back, how you play? No, okay. Boom like a 808. Rest in peace, Tina. Let you lean on the speakers. I stretch a beat like a rib. Let her be a believer. Know just how to make a one. Range rover the rhythm. Get a Mark Jacobs run. Back on my bomb shit. You back on your forfeit. We at it regardless. She acting salt fish. That raw patois lingo like she Patra. Move that like a clap on our semi auto. That yeah. Season the day. My copper diem is straight. My liquor is all dark. My loyalty's in the kick. My G- it's four letters, my broads feel like they paint. It ain't nobody is nice, I'm arguably with the greats. I'm never home, but pen for the crib, so I'm forever home. Rap like I'm posted at Willie Burgers with herring bones. Words to the wind, my hands working the Ken, and 35% Durant Jersey to Ted All in these raps, we be stating the facts. Ain't nothing left, we displaying the best. All that we ask, we just have one request. Pull that shit back when you're still our tracks.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Boogie Blind is busy on the fucking turntables. You know what I'm saying? Boogie Blind is busy. It's official.
5: You know what I'm saying? I put the stamp of approval on it. I'm DJ Scratch, and I approve this message.
1: We ready right now?
2: Black, black,
0: black, black, black. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, black, yeah. Black black black, black, oh, black, 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 So we want to thank Boogie Bond for putting it down. He had his own personal my, my
0: electro vibes, you know. Oh so I just, God. You know, I'm digging I it, man. Because you, you know, because you, know, you know, I get the, you know, here comes Boogie Bond, here comes Gangstar, here comes Black Moon. I'm like, I didn't I even love, expect that. I love, yeah.
4: Even though you are I'm wearing
1: like a rap is out of control sweatshirt, you know what? <laughs> shout Clips. Eclipse, <laughs> shout Eclipse, he's the Clips. man, he's Shouty the man. Shouty but you all, you know what I mean. I, I thought I was gonna hear that too. You know, no, I'm you fucking shout with you. to uh, <laughs> shout 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 to
3: Scratch man. I appreciate man. that man. Shout to Scratch man. Scratch is a legend, dude. Definitely, man. DJ he got Scratch, he got man. some of the some of my favorite basslines, man. Yo, crazy, man. Crazy. That's not
0: the, 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 the fucking Snoop Dogg joint. You, can't keep, can't...
3: you know what? I would say I would say like when when I was in high school, kind of like young, growing up, and and just like collecting records and everything. It was. For me, it was, uh, it was all about Scratch, Knox, and Dilla. Ooh. Like, those three, and, and Eric Sermon. Those three yeah, had the Eric's, illest oh baseline game. Eric, Eric. Is like,
0: shout out to Eric. Sampled, it could be like one second. The baseline just took over. The shout out to the
2: E-double. Crazy.
1: No doubt. It's hard.
3: That's the
2: homie.
1: So, yeah, man. Man. It's good to have you here, cuz. You know what I'm yes,
3: saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, but, man.
1: But yeah, we're going to get into these uh, these Christmas EPs that came out, man. So what came so out? Some of them came out on the 24th. Others came out the day after. Only I, one came out the day after.
3: I didn't hear no, no um,
1: uh, uh, Hanukkah jump-offs, though. No, somebody came out with a Hanukkah jump-off. Okay, jump okay, off. okay. I don't know. I, I, I forget who it was. Though. I, it, it was it was kind of whack, so I didn't want to even oh. add it. You oh. know what I mean? But anyway, um, let me get into it. Uh, Spitta Andretti three-piece set. Uh, that's the Currency and Thelonious Martin. Yo, chart. shout
3: to Thelonious Martin and, and, and Currency, man. Thelon, a lot of people don't know, but uh, when, I, when I had a, my short run at NYU as a, as a professor, um, I taught a course called uh, Future Music Moguls. And uh, the first year I did it, shout to uh, Jason Jackson, uh, who taught the course with me at NYU. Uh, Thelonious um, was one of my students. And um, he was in high school, and that dude, that, that boy just had beats, man. He
1: had he major beats. He said, that boy beats. got some beats. That boy <laughs> had beats, man. <laughs> but, yo, this, this And is, I knew he had something, so, man, this, shout out to Thelonius. This was a really, really dope EP, but the only thing about it, it was only three songs.
3: Three songs, man. Three
1: songs, and that was it. It was like, you know... So I'm really looking forward to you know what else they're coming out with. Hence the name, three piece set. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't mad at it though. Lonious Martin did his thing, man. Yeah, he got some hitters on Skyzoo's mixtape too. No doubt. So um, three
2: joints EP, huh? yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was an extra EP. You know what I mean? It's super smart. Yo, it, it, boogie, what, what instrumental
0: is this? Yeah, what, what is, is, yeah, yeah, what is this shit? That's, that's Since, popping, this is off uh, the like. Black Milk. When Black Milk was just turn putting out beat bit. album. Oh, oh shit! Turn that up Yo, a it's an album where he just sampled all print shit. That's, oh, I got. Th- really, oh, Okay, yeah, yeah I, I heard this. I heard. Oh, it. I don't have a, it. I heard it's it. like Black Purple or some shit like that. I don't want to. I don't want to draw stitch on who hit me off with a dope batch of joints. I know who. No, I'm in
1: the mountain I want to get a
2: zip file, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down, boogie. This was out. This
0: was out already. Yeah, okay. I, I yeah, I know. I know. I got you. Man. That I shit know. is right, crazy. Cool.
2: I was listening to in the back. I was like,
3: "What is that?" Shout to shout to Black Milk, man. He has some of the illest yeah. drum games. Yes, he does. That's crazy. Of
1: of, our, of
3: modern, you know, times.
1: No doubt, man. So yeah, um, freeway Philly's own freeway uh, also came out with a joint. It was called another one. Yeah, it's called Black Santa. Um Wow. Static Selector had a joint on there, it was pretty dope. The really, really dope joint on there was the one from Jake One. Uh it's called Rock Reloaded, and it had Ooh. this crazy choir sample. And then Jake. our boy Dilemma had a wow. joint on there too. Shout out to World. the homies are on yeah, there. Yeah, so check that shit out. It's free. You know what I mean? Uh wow. who else? Wale had a mixtape. It yeah, came out. Joint, yeah, yeah. Yo, that shit is fire. That shit is fire, dog. I, I fucks with that, it. Yo, shout, shout to Fox Wale, man. Because I mean, good, not because it, it's not all one type of production. Like he got the sample banana. shit. He yeah, got yeah, yeah. the he trap got shit. On yeah, yeah, he got a little bit of everything. But I, I
2: gotta give a special shout out to my brother Rico Beats.
4: He's on that joint. Yo, no that's, doubt. I love that no that's, that's fam right there. No doubt. So he got Jake place. One shit, crazy. Jake, on Jake, Jake One had one. his yeah. joint in And so. the Digifonics <laughs> shit. No,
1: no, it's not DigiFonics. <laughs> While they fucked up with the track listing. Oh. That's a homie, Willie B, son. Really Willie did That's Willie. That? Really, yeah. Yo, oh, shout out to Willie. That is just Willie. He he flipped the Cortex
3: joint. Yeah, I know. Willy you know I mean? Willie was our first guest. I gotta give
2: Willie a shout yeah. out real on Blap
3: Blap on the radio. Yo, Willie, I need that snare. I need that <laughs> snare. I'm gonna text you when we're done. I need that
1: snare. Willie, but yeah, fr- so, loops. so a couple, couple other Kills casts him. that were on there. Um I I was checking this one out and I was I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda disappointed. Um by Diplo. I really thought it was going to be some crazy shit. It was all right. Yeah. Apple Juice Kid. I haven't heard shit from him I like in a minute. It. I like it. It was dope. Knott's is on there. Crazy. The I mean, come stupid. on, Knott's. Knott's. That's Nats, you One know, is always crazy, but, Nats, I need that. I need Knott's. You know Knott's is always crazy. Knott's, I need that snare, Knott's. But the the, the 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 dopest joint on there I like was from LG. He had track two. Um, Dash It Is Fire, John, too. That joint is fire. But then, I didn't even know that the kid Danny... The okay player dude,
0: I didn't know he made beats.
4: Yeah.
1: He got the last joint on that. Yeah, the man with the beard? Yeah, Danny. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. He got some, yeah, he's... Yeah, I, I had no idea. To, yeah. I thought he was all about the rhymes, man. Speaking of which, I do have a placement on the new post traumatic stress
4: disorder. A word, wow. Just a little, just a little shameless. There you go. I need to take a shot for that. What a blast! Uh, <laughs> you know, no, right? cheers, cheers. Who am I Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, thank you thank In the you. air, baby. <laughs> thank you. Salute.
1: No doubt. So boogie, boogie got some shit
3: up his sleeve for 2013. I know it. I already know.
0: I'm. I'm not even going to lie. I'm trying to get used to the technology, so I can. So I won't just like. I have an idea, and I. I gotta go home. I just want to be able to do it like on the fly. So right. I'm just getting. You know, what you should home, get for you know that. Know I mean? The Renaissance, your <laughs> <the> Christmas gift. <laughs> 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 and, and I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna buy a bottle of Jameson, a couple of bottles of Jameson. I, 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 yeah, Yo, whatever. I wear, you, know, you
1: know, whatever fits your fancy, man. Whatever does it. Hell you know yeah. I mean? I'm just so, observing.
0: I'm, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so
1: uh, real quick. Toure did a joint, too. Yes. Um, it's called Black Christmas. Black Christmas EP. You know what I mean? He's, he has uh, E. Jones, Crisis, Chris Brothers, uh, and Haas Solo on that joint. Yo. Fire. Haas, Haas and uh, Crisis had the dopest joints on. Yeah. I so didn't hear it yet out. I gotta, I gotta check it out There's no reason why You shouldn't get Christ Crisis on that
2: machine
1: is on the boy is on that machine He is heavy on the machine yeah. Christ
3: has been nice For a long time oh, Seriously Long time Seriously, Yeah man. Long time
1: Yeah him and the whole Soul Council man You know I get offended every
3: Torre if you're listening I get offended every time You put a project out And don't call yeah, me And he ain't on it Like this yeah. motherfucker Don't call me man Whatever, man. <laughs> Bell Brothers album? Where is it? Sky. tour. Where is it?
1: Anyway. No, it's coming. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, we have one more. Uh, Planet Asia and the Gold Chain music. Wow. Dope. Came out with a junk called Every Day is Christmas. You know, my review on it... Beat-wise. 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 It was I. Right. It was I. Right. It was I. Right. It was, it was all right. a whole lot of... Um, it, it was a whole lot of like... Uh, Beats Without Drums.
4: Beats Without Drums. And I fucks with that. Right.
1: I fucks with that. But there was like a lot of MCs on that. So... Right. You know. Right. You know, all right. If you want to hear some spitting shit, you want to hear Platinum Asia, get that. You know Shout out to I mean? Planet it's Asia. It's not really focused on the production, I feel like. Well, I could you, be wrong. I could be wrong.
3: Speaking of that, I mean, you know, you we also too have to keep in mind that like a lot of these projects you know the beats that end up on these projects are at the mercy of what these artists are choosing oh, oh
1: i'm not i'm you not i'm mean? not i'm not saying that like yeah. these these cats are this is what they submitted or blah 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 i'm mm-hmm. just saying you know this this is my honest review so you totally. y'all, y'all check it out it's also free on bandcamp you can stream it and see what y'all think about it
3: oh and speaking of that too as far as like artists choosing beats a good way to avoid you know when artists choosing a beat that you feel so-so about is to not make so-so beats.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's real talk, though. <laughs> every every <laughs> fucking
3: jam, <laughs> he said, yeah. it's so simple. Make your shit, make every joint dope <laughs> as fuck so that, oh, you want that one? All right, cool, yeah, because yeah, that yeah. represents me 100%. Just be, make
4: sure you jump uh, so like, heat, just have heat. Come, come, as, have yourself. Heat. come, come as, as yourself. yourself. Come, come as, as yourself. yourself.
3: Pause, no. No pause. No, no pause. no pause. No mm-hmm. pause. Come yeah. as yourself. Pause. <laughs> pause, pause, no pause. pause. Jesus no Christ. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Come as yourself, as Tony
1: said, man. Like, he, he, he. All right. So, um, what else? You know what I mean? I, I keep on talking about releases. Nothing that I'm talking about right now is coming out this week or next week. Like, what's right.
3: coming out? Well, the industry Gen- is technically on vacation right now. Blah,
1: blah. Yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. But, like, January 29th is something I'm looking forward to. Um, so, Slum Village is coming out with a new joint. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mick Boogie is DJing it. Uh, Wait, a mixtape or album? It's, it's you it's know, everybody calls their album a mixtape, their oh, mixtape an album. That. But it's called Dirty Slums 2. Um, most of it is going to be Young RJ and I think maybe Focus.
3: Yo, uh, man, I was with T3. A couple months ago, and he he picked a handful of joints, and Dope. I just never heard back, man.
1: I mean, we did run into him at A3C. What's up? I know I gotta hit that dude up. I'm trying to get on that, like a I mean, you, you know. know, you know, who knows? I'm not. Maybe it's be- too late. Maybe it's not. Maybe we'll get the next um, one. Maybe we'll get the solo. Slum is my fave. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, the other joint that's coming out same day. uh, Y'all remember that cat? Oh no, um, of course. This joint's called Disrupted Ads, and wow. maybe maybe I got the source. You know, maybe the source is wrong. It should. I feel like it might be called Disrupted Axe, but okay. who knows? Ads, Axe. It's oh no! It's he's fucking dope. I hate it when everybody, and he has a brother. Everybody, I hate it when everybody says he's his brother because right. he stands on his own and his beats are fucking dope as shit. But dope as fuck. He's Madlib's brother. <laughs> I, have a, I have a fun fact. He's Madlib. I have brother. a
3: fun fact that most people don't know about Ono and Madlib. What? what? You want to know what this fun fact is? If Please. I know it,
1: I'm going to call you out on it.
3: Okay, call me out and Ono, oh. if you're listening, whatever. Ono. Oh, Madlib and Ono are half Filipino. I didn't know that. So don't the, you knew so, that, yeah. you? But, but yo, your yeah. favorite Wikipedia. boxer got knocked the fuck out. The <laughs> yo, Pacquiao's done. No, all legends fall eventually. You know what I mean? It's like Jordan going to the Wizards. Stop bringing up you know the, know the Filipino. No, no. All legends fall. He all legends he, fall. He, he's just
4: asking he for it. He
1: he's asking for it.
4: Nah, <laughs> but yo, these, I don't know how you feel about Pacquiao? My homies nah, are, all are half Filipino. <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Shout to Chad Hugo. Let's go.
4: Shout to soundtrack. Let's go.
3: You're ready. You know what I mean? Shout out to mm. Toronto Let's
1: go mm. <laughs> 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 The only only thing I know about You know All that is Yeah, yeah you, They dope. gotta be You gotta be on some funky shit man. Funky That's shit still. Exactly So yeah man Next up we got Our, our guests You know what I'm saying I'm really I mean, I'm, I'm really, so
2: excited y'all
1: I'm really I, excited to have this dude Because yeah, I even, Come on y'all You know I, I've, I've been up here for a couple years You know what I mean To have a Philly cat up here Yeah Fucking great You know yeah. what I mean There's gonna be excessive Uses of the word John You know what Let's I'm saying Let's bring Ivan in This cat doesn't yep. have this, He doesn't have You know There's the, no way the, to the, the Philly it. beard though But For real No <laughs> Philly beard Sean got the Philly half, no, no, I ain't Quarter got beard that shit. No 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 but You yo, don't have it but yo, I want to introduce Orthodox, Orthodox AKA, aka Ivan Barrios, yes. aka yeah, yeah. One Half Productions. You know what I'm saying? Yo, really oh. good to have you, cousin. Yo. Thanks for having me
6: here, man. Um, though I don't have the the Philly SUNY, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Swerve.
6: But um, I'm really really excited to be here. You know, tonight. Um, I'm I'm, I'm all for anything that to me. Showcases the art of production. I think producers are like probably the unsung heroes, heroes. of this whole yeah. thing right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, is, yeah, fucking good. round of applause for that yeah, show. Yeah. Come on. And, and we don't get the credit. So
3: I think yeah, this, yeah. This, this is this
6: is honorable. I definitely give props to this whole thing you guys are doing. I think people I need to. Appreciate coming this. through, man. Thank you, man.
1: Like it means a lot for like a cat that that gets nominated fifteen times for a Grammy and then yes. won numerous ASCAP cap awards and yes. sir. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're multi-platinum, too. So it's like, it's crazy for you to even take time out for us to sit down and talk about your craft, man. So we appreciate that. Well, you know what? I, I love to give back. So even, it might sound cliché. It
6: may sound no, uh, no, Hallmark-cardish, but I like to give back. Like, I think, I think I've think i been fortunate to be a part of a system. I came up with DJ Jazzy Jeff. We're, okay. we're a Touch so, of Jazz studio. studio. So early on, I was able to build with a legend in a studio. You're like, down. here... here like being able to make records is one thing, but hearing somebody's perspective that's been there and made great records and be able to implement that and practice off of what they're showing you right. is priceless. So I came up in an environment where I really felt like it was really conducive, for, you know, for for the type of growth you need when you don't know anything about music. So I always been that's been something that I took with me even after we left t- a touch of jazz. So I always you know share and build with people. So this is right up my alley. Yeah. Very dope. dope
4: man.
2: Now would you say like uh, in the era that you came up that there was more access to guys sitting with each other and building with each other as opposed to now?
6: Nah, absolutely not. Nah. I, I will say this though: if you were in a, in, a, in a city. And there were few cities that were, could be considered musical meccas. You know, right. New York City, L.A., L.A., Nashville. Not for us. No, not for <laughs> us. But no, yo, it's a huge <laughs> music city. <laughs> yeah, it was music, music city. You know, Grand Ole yeah, yeah. Opry. You know,
1: I mean? you know, country. You know, they be pumping out music though. Like country is like the craziest, the well, the, the the most selling music genre in in well, the fucking I, states. I, I have a unique
6: perspective on country music now, being in, 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 the, in the Recording Academy now. Yeah, yeah, I'm able to see a lot more of how the dynamic in Nashville really is, it has been. Like, right. you know, coming from our world, coming from hip-hop, coming from urban music, you really, like, don't really understand that dynamic or don't care to understand it, but being in there, you appreciate it a lot more and you understand, like, the values that they have for their music. It, right, it, it's right. real. It's real.
3: So break break it down a little bit as far as, like, how different that world is compared to the urban production world. You know, as far as, like, you know... The politics involved, dealing with the, those people. I mean, how, uh, how different is it?
6: Well, first of all, they have the Nashville rule. The Na- Nashville rule is if you have uh, however many songwriters you have in the studio, whether they partake in writing a song or not, we split it that many ways. So if, right. it's, if it's 1, 2, 3, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 people in the studio, and me and you are the ones writing the lyrics, 10 people sharing the whole copyright. That's right. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Wow. There's no Evenly. Question. Evenly, there's no questions asked because yeah, next yeah. time, me and you might be chilling, and everybody else in here might be writing on the song. So, right, right. Urban music is. What line did you write? Cutthroat. Yeah. So, or uh, sometimes they say, don't even get that. Yeah, I've been in sessions in LA where it's been like, get me out of here.
3: Well, which method do you prefer? Do you prefer the the even kind of percentage, uh, you know, method, or do you prefer okay? I did most of the work here. I deserve a higher percentage. Well, you know what?
6: You can't put a you can't really say this person didn't write anything cuz I've been in a situation where someone was in the room and gave some some great comments that contributed to the song taking shape. They might not, they may have not necessarily written any lyrics, but they had made some suggestions and said, "You know, I don't I don't think somebody would say that." And 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 contributed to the whole dialogue where the song became the song. So it's like you can say if you look at it from, from uh, uh, an actual songwriter aspect, they may have not written anything, but they contributed to the song, right? right. So that person is, is deserving of a piece of the copyright. So if that's the case, I'm cool with that. But if you got somebody just hanging around the studio, just just rolling up and, drinking Jameson all day wow. <laughs> 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 Wait, waiting for uh they're, they're like barnacles that's what I call them right, they're right, just right. sitting on the side of the boat just waiting for the scraps it's just like that that's not how you write songs yeah,
4: yeah. right
2: so, um wow. for the viewers that are you know tuning in that are fans of yours and have listened to your music for years and the new fans and the new fans, the fans. New fans. Oh, come on we, I mean all of us have you know heard one of your records at some point in our lives um Can you take us back? Take us back to um, what inspired you to become a producer, and I mean, how did you get in this game?
6: Well, first of all, before I even get any deeper into all of this, I want to shout out my partner, Carvin Higgins. uh, Shout out, yep, shout to Carv. So, Carvin and Ivan is is an entity where it's a songwriter and a top line writer and a music writer. Carvin is a, a lyricist. I'm um, the music guy, so, to so. Get, we share in the productions. It doesn't matter if you know if he's not tapping, actually programming pappers, the but beats. Right. I think collectively what we do is is a production. So, but yeah, so mm-hmm. let's get back to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And that's the way, right way. way, let's, way get, back. Let's, get, let's get back that's
2: to the, the right thirty belows, the tens. Way back. <laughs> I started
6: out, you know, as a rapper.
2: Now nah, I mean, you
6: know,
1: yeah. as, as every producer, yeah. I was gonna ask you. About I rapped. That. I rapped yeah. too. I, I knew he was gonna say that. Because I seen I seen your boy Carvin. He was like, yo. he's like, yo. He's my favorite rapper right now. With this, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, what mixtape was it? What mixtape? <laughs> actually, he's said, like, wait till this double O mix drop. He
6: dug up some. He dug. Up some some old DAT tapes. Wow, right? wow. Dat. No. I think dat. DAT tapes.
5: DAT
2: not black, but DAT. D- DAT
6: T A T. If y'all dat, don't know what that is, y'all should just wiki that up or Google it. <laughs> so he dug up some he dug up some DAT some DAT tapes of of this project that we had back in the day called Oval Office. That's when I was a full fledged rapper. I made beats out of necessity, like some of these cats that used to make tracks for me got got real funny styles. So like, what year was this? I'm not gonna date myself, Come was, on, was, that bro. Was not, that <laughs> was the nineties. Okay, I mean, okay. I've, I've got a strong pedigree. So, <laughs> so anyway, so back in the nineties, these guys, you know, that I used to get tracks from got funny style. So I decided to start producing. And I and I got I think I, I was semi-proficient at it. And through uh, one of my friends, Darren Henson, who was one of the producers at a touch of jazz. I, I met Jazzy Jeff and we came up to a touch of jazz and you know, I w- it was kind of, it was weird, because he, you know, we were still, we had beats, but I still had all intentions of wanting to be an artist, so I came to A Touch of Jazz, and it w- it was the craziest environment. The first day I came in, they had a live jam session, wow. it's crazy and I was like, yeah, you know, and, and this is, you're talking about someone who's been sampling records, that was my musical uh, experience with sampling, so I'm seeing dudes playing fender basses and fender rows and oh. drummers and guitar players. I'm like, that's the sound that I hear on all these records and I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, I'll change your life, they It changed my home. life, you know. So <laughs> at that time I was like, I wanna do this. So <laughs> you know, I started I was living in Atlantic City at the time, so I was commuting back and forth between Philly Jersey and Jersey. And um, you know, Jeff, you know, was basically saying, If you guys are not doing anything next week, come up. So Every week, it was the same thing. If you're not doing anything next Friday, come up. So eventually, he stopped saying. So we just started just showing up. And and in the beginning, I was still like I said, trying to be a, an artist. But I felt like I didn't want to have to be the type of artist I would have to be at that time to make money. I was doing the the, the wavy rollies in the in, in the sky and what? you know popping I wanted, bottles. I wanted time, one man. of those. <laughs> man, <laughs> bad, bad boy shit. Bad boy <laughs> yeah. was killing it. So bad boy it was, was killing it. It was hard. I mean. It's funny. I always said this. Like if I was rapping the way I was rapping then now, I could be. You know, on, you, you know. It was a lot of guys that rapped about what I rapped about. Right. Kendrick Lamar, right? You know, Kanye and 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 Lupe. You know, these guys are guys who somehow you can consider them a little bit more mainstream right. and not necessarily as underground right. as back in the day. They was like lyricist Lounge type dudes. Yep. Okay. They yeah, they were sound bombing type dudes. So. Uh, even you know like freestyle fellowship all of that stuff was backpack yeah you these guys nowadays will probably tour Coachella and South by Southwest and Pitchfork and all of that like they will make a killing now so during that time it was like I can't really do this so I I didn't I didn't want to be that type of rapper so I said let me focus all my, my energies into trying to produce and develop myself develop that craft and that I did and my first major placement was um, with Carmen, Music Soul Child, um, Just Friends.
4: Ooh. One of
3: my favorite songs,
4: oh. by the way. Yeah, shit. You
6: did for for that shit. it Just Friends? Thank you, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just Friends is one of my you, favorite bro. Music Soul Child <laughs> joints. I bumped and, that heavy. That, that, that was a beat that was from a project, too. I was, that was a beat that I was rapping to. Wow. Wow.
4: You never know. That's crazy. You never for know.
6: You never know. That beat wasn't for music, it was for Jill Scott. See? There wow. was She was, a, you go. She was wow. in Canada doing rent. And they were, Jeff was like, yo, Jill's doing rent. When she gets back, we're going to go full, full-fledged full on her project. So let's get some beats together. So we all put these dats together. These, you had to FedEx dats when you were sending beats <laughs> <out>. <laughs> So that was one of the beats. And when she got back, it's like, yo, what you thought of this beat? She's like, eh, I thought it was cool. She,
1: she she messed up not picking that. <laughs> but joke, you
6: know nah, what? <laughs> but it worked out, you know. <laughs> no, no, it worked out for you. Yeah. It's like it's like you what know? Kanye she, said. She <laughs> didn't need that beat. <laughs> true, true. It's like <laughs> what
3: Kanye said, you know, because Com- you had plenty other beats with him. Common yeah. passed on his beat, and I made it to a jam. You know yeah.
6: what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yo, you know that the 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 cool thing about that that song, man, it was just so many like memories with that whole beat. Like I remember getting the record for that for that song. On a beat digging trip that Jazzy Jeff, Kenny Dope, Jay Diller, Darren Hansen, and myself wow. took to Pittsburgh in ninety-eight. Damn. Oh. We went to this spot called Jerry's Records. Ooh. Ooh. Son, Jerry's. I be <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's
1: Records is yeah.
3: Wait, did we go there?
1: Jerry Records Jerry no, no. like, is,
6: is like, the that's, that's like the Cheesecake the Factory of Beat All right, that's It's, it's, it's the business. It's crazy. It's, it's wow. the business. It's like, I honestly, <laughs> was overwhelmed. And but Kenny, Kenny Dope came over, he was like, yo. Because he knew I, I, I was really heavily into like sampling Brazilian records at that time. And like, you know, jazzy stuff. So he was like, yo, you know about Muse, the Muse label? I was like, yeah, I got some stuff. And like, yo take this record out (laughs) so he handed me this record it was a purple record it was um um, pat martino live and he had a cover of uh, sunny bobby head and um i heard that joint i was like Yeah, this is crazy and looped it up and it was weird because the way i caught it it wasn't even like a perfect loop it was just like you hit it and then the sample started like a split second <laughs> later. And then I, I, I had no choice but to program the drums kind of off. like. Right. Got. Got. Wow. It was this weird snares rush, kick on, high-hats, lazy. And I was just Who like... Who wants to quantize anyway? And, and, and you know, I did it in Cubase too, by the way. That was wow, I wow. Wow,
3: Cubase. We, we gonna get in your
6: gear too. Sample it on the MP, did it in Cubase. And I was just like, yeah, this is a beat for me. And then I was Vibing, you know, yo, book. Do you That's have this? Do you crazy. have that joint
3: on you? Nah. The music shit. Oh,
0: okay. I, you know what? And I was, you know what? I was going through too much. I wasn't at home because I got the uh, another one that I wanted to actually ask him about. Yeah. I was like, what were you thinking of when you made that? Beat? <laughs> oh, we <laughs> gonna get in on audience. Yeah, we go get, gonna get to it. All of we that. got a couple of them yeah. from now. Really, really quick. No, co- you asked about the original, look. yeah, nah, yeah.
3: Not okay.
2: Now, really quick, I, you know, I, I know, uh. Me and Ivan had a couple of conversations and uh, I wanted you to, you know, share with the audience because every week we have a Dilla story or somebody is, yep. you know, talking about Jay Dilla and I know that you had the opportunity to to know the man and if you could share with the viewers a, a Dilla story, you know.
6: Well, my, I think my Dilla story is his personality. He answers, on, he answers your phone call. That's he didn't send you a voicemail. He would always say, what up, though? Yeah. And um, I remember we was working on this project that Jeff was doing on, on Columbia. And um, it was Slum Village came to Philly. And keep in mind, I, I, we, we was already rocking Fantastic Volume 2. And I was like, yo, these guys is dope. And I just thought they were the epitome of backpack. So we went <laughs> to this club in Philly called Evolution, which was like a spot that used to pop off on Wednesday nights. And I saw Jay Dilla and his manager, Tim Maynard, popping champagne in the club. And these were like the <laughs> epitome of backpack, dude. So Batin was break dancing in the crowd. T- uh, <laughs> wow. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Batin was brick dancing. T3 was walking around talking to some girls, and Jay Dilla was just. Doing the ultimate big Willie flossed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had <laughs> the Dilla laid wow. on, the hazard lights sitting out in the front. And, and it was wow. funny because, like, a lot of people will always look at him as being part of the Soul Aquarians and Slum Village and think yeah, that yeah. he was this, this Uber backpack dude. But Jay Dilla, I remember one time he came, he was in Philly, he happened to stop by the studio just to say what's up. And this dude had on, like, it was one of them torpedo. My, my mink is dragging on the floor. No, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he had the black gorilla chinchilla on. I was wow. like, "Yo, Yo, Detroit is on that pimp shit." Yeah, man. they are. Yeah. Uh, what would Biggie say? Uh, not uh, now later, flavor Gators. <laughs> now later, so, flavor Gators. Yeah. Right. So, and and that was the one thing about Dilla. Just like he was genuine, he was cool. He he wasn't pretentious. He he wasn't of himself, like a lot of people looked at him as, man, Dilla is God, you know he's this guy, but I think he didn't take himself that serious, and right. that's, the, that's the cool thing about him, like if you was around him you would kind of, you felt like, yo, dude is genuine, right. you, didn't, you didn't feel like, oh my god, you know, I was actually chopping it up with him, and I'm like, yo that, when you flipped um, uh, the Uma Sometimes Remix, yeah. Cool. and I was like, you know what you used, and he and he was like oh man, it was this, uh, Elvin, it was it. Lewis Hayes um, uh, variety is the spice of life and he played me the record at Jerry's he's like, this is the, he came up to me he's like yo this is the record that I sampled for that record you was asking me about earlier and we had these little portable turntables and he played it for me and I'm like yo you destroy that like how you do this he was like I don't know
1: he's a super chopper man
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> super
2: but clearly he shared he I mean, shared that, yeah. that's it's like, wow that's big
1: that's yeah. crazy wow wow but wow. it, it
6: was definitely, um, it was definitely um, cool, you know, knowing that dude. You know, he was definitely
1: talented and, and humble, you know. Even yeah, though he yeah. he flossed,
6: no, I, mean, you, I still you think mean, he was know, humble.
1: He, it just I'd never met him, but he yeah. seemed like the type of cat to not talk about his shit like that. But then he will wild out in a club. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know that's the thing about Dilla. <laughs>
3: like, even even like you know we were talking about earlier, like Slum Village Volume Two. Um, fantastic like that was the one album that took me over the top as far as you know reminding myself like all right Dilla's on some shit like this dude's my favorite producer and when you go back and you listen to that and you listen to like you know a lot of a lot of Diller's rhymes and and the songs that he was making like his shit wasn't what was what was back then considered conscious you know what i mean yeah. at all
1: that shit that was, was straight n- up. That nigga was nasty, yo. Nasty, <laughs>
3: ignorant as fuck. But he did it in a way where it was passionate because that was a part of who he was just as much as, you know, what we consider, him, a, consider him, him as. And, you know, it was just funky. You know what I mean? Even down to the name of the studio, it was called A House of Ill Repute or something like that. It right. Was, I it never
1: was, knew that.
6: It was some weird, like, debauchery, ratchetry. <laughs> that's Ratchet <laughs> a, that's tree.
2: a gem yeah. right there. Yeah, I never right knew right. that. Tree. That's the so so. so. so Ivan, um, t- tell us about your. Uh, what is your work process like? What, what is a day in a producer's world like? You, what, what is? How do you start? How do you start? You know, like, walk us through a day for you. Yeah,
6: it's a, it's, a, it's a very multifaceted set of days. You know, some days I'm a I'm a full fledged producer. Some days I'm a full fledged songwriter. Some days I'm a I'm a full fledged engineer. Some days I'm a full fledged mixer. Some days I want to be a full-fledged beat maker, but that's hard to do sometimes. So right, it, it right. all varies. Some days I'm an educator. Some days uh, I'm a Grammy president. So all it varies. Right. So. But when I am in the studio, my process is this. You know, My studio is in my home. And I, I started recently working out of Sigma a lot. Sigma Shout to Sigma. Yeah. Yeah. Shout to Dilemma the, and the whole,
3: the, all the whole. Darrell.
6: Yep. Uh, Pop. Pop and Oak over there. And Shout lot to of, Pop that, and the guys, Oak. Donnie. Um... So what I have to do, because it's, since my studio is in my home, sometimes people be people always think, oh, man, you can just go down there whenever you feel like. It's like, nah, you do have to condition yourself and get in the mind frame of I have to go to work. Right. So a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, I take a shower, you know, dress up like I'm going somewhere, run some errands, go pay some bills or something, and then come back straight to the studio so that I can condition myself to feel like I'm going to work. And like I said, sometimes, you know, it... it I might have tracks and I might have some writers that my publishing company might send in or my, my managers, you know, have some writers for me to collaborate with. Right. And that day I'm basically just producing songwriters to try to create songs, which is kind of like the hardest thing ever. Like right. not every song you write is a hit.
3: Right.
6: And that's sometimes, that's a hat that I wear often. Some other times I will, I will be mixing a record and mixing this. If anybody here ever makes a record, that's probably one of the most... Daunting. Daunting and (laughs) insecure pastimes ever in the history of music making. Like, that, every your your whole song is hanging on by a tin thread, and all it takes is one insecure comment to make you feel like everything sounds like crap. Right. Right. So that whole process is just something that I I have to condition myself a lot of times. Just listen to things on the radio, pull up Spotify, just anything, just to help me understand, like, okay, this is where I need to be. Some days... It, it is funny because when I'm a beat maker, I, it's gotten. To, I never used to be this way, but it's gotten to the point that I can't do drums and music the same day.
2: Oh shit! Wow. wow.
3: Yeah.
6: So wow. I w- I would be in front of my um, laptop. I like to work on my laptop now, even though I have a tower with a whole bunch of toys.
2: A few towers.
6: <laughs> what you you using on that laptop, though? What are you using oh, for, that, to lay your drums? Yeah, what's the that? setup? My wow. setup is. Let's go. Um, let's go. Ha-ha. Let's go, Ivan. You know what I keep open <laughs> on my computer all the time now? Logic, nah, Ableton.
4: Cute. Oh,
6: Ableton, oh. Ableton. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm a Logic user. I'm a, I, no, I, I've been a Logic user. A logic read. user since Car carrying member since '01. Man, okay, you know? okay.
1: So I said that like a West Coast G. <laughs> so, so, you, so you used your logic, logic Eight and Logic Nine, and before it was even called Logic uh, four. Wow. 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 four. Yeah, Logic Four. Wow. That's like, a that's, that's, that's power user. <laughs> He's like seven and eight. Wow. So,
6: but now like I keep Ableton open. Ableton is just allowed me to just be so creative with how how easy it is to think like a beat maker. Because sometimes I got to think like a beat maker. Right, yeah. Because the more, the more you work with, you know, established artists and you start dealing with the, the labels, ups and downs, and, you know, you have to think like a producer. A lot of times, you know, you, you, your, your approach can get a little too polished. Mm-hmm. So every now and then I got to get, you know, mad niggerish. <laughs> yeah. well, 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 right. explain, right.
2: explain to the guys who are listening to what so mad niggerish means i think i think i think they know what that means <laughs> well too polished meaning, uh, well no no explain to them uh the difference when you said beat making mode versus uh, produc- producing mode like what that means to you
6: well to me it means this kind of like when as a producer I, th- I tend to think in terms of First of all, one thing that I learned early on, uh, to me, I still this is one of the principles that I stick to. No matter what, I respect the song, man. No doubt. You know, when I was young, I used to, get, you know, get carried away with the drum swing, the knock, the sample, the filtering on 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 something that was specific to the music. You know what I'm saying? And it was just kind of like I didn't care about what they were singing on top of it. The beat, knock. Right, right. Mm-hmm. you know what? What sample can you you know what sample I use? It was almost like you know the beat maker approach. So, right. the more I started working with you know non rappers, the more I started understanding that certain things needed to make sense in terms of like the melodic structure, the the voice leading. Because you can sing on a song and not follow the right voice leading mm-hmm. that that's being laid down by the chord arrangement, and you can totally destroy the record. And the average person will tell you. It don't sound right because they don't know how to articulate it. But you let a guy like Ron Fair tell you you used the wrong voice leading on this record. That's why it's not a hit. So you gotta pay attention to things like that, or
1: harmonic um, and that's, balance to a lot of this. And that's yeah, pretty see, much learned, though. You know what I mean? Like that. You just regular beat makers aren't gonna know that. But no, that, see, but
3: see, that's the difference between producing records for producers producer and then producing songs. For- you know what I mean? Like I'm sure you know. I, Ivan, you've been through this phase too, where it's like you get to that uh, point where you're you're making beats and you're 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 doing uh, certain things to impress the technique. You know, you're so engulfed in the technique of it, and you're taking away from actually making you know uh, good music. You know what I mean?
6: But I think I think that's just how we are. I think anybody right. that's in the hip hop culture it has this competitive thing about check my check me out this is what I'm doing right this look you know we have we have this whole energy about us that always want people to we want to draw people to us and what we're doing and it's a me 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 culture rather than us and the collective and what we were able to do so um that's something that as a producer you're more mindful of you understand that in the the, the, the different stages of song crafting it's a lot of different components that t- that 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 take place you Up know down. all the way down from the person who had the original idea whether it was a, a lyric melody or somebody that said yo check these chord changes out right so in hip hop is all is always like who starts it right the producer yeah we started you know when you when i'm making a beat and i'm saying you know what this might be something Ross can can rap over, so I'm gonna go find a, a sample that I think Ross can rap over, or if I have a sample that I found that he can rap over, um, I will start conditioning the, the track for that. Right. Whereas if it was something that was in the studio with someone that was writing a song, the whole process would be totally different. You'd be you'd be more mindful of everybody that's involved. You know, the musicians might come in and add a different element. The guy who's gonna do the final mix is gonna add a whole another element. The master engineer is gonna ask add, add another element. The label's going to add a whole other value, exactly. so it's totally different. But to bring it all back to um, pro- production versus you know um, beatmaker, when I say polished, is I I tend to think too much about the right key, the right harmony, right. the right frequencies, and you know that kick doesn't need to go there because you know the bass is fat already. I need to find a different kick instead of thinking about being more impulsive and just doing things that feel natural sometimes I, te- I tend to think about the process of specifics instead of getting out the idea yeah. right. and that's what Ableton allows me to do you know Logic allows me to think too much of like you know I'm a genius you know, I'm really right. not <laughs> you know, right. it allows me it makes me feel like okay this is what it is like you right. know like you lay your clothes out the night before and right. this right. is what I'm gonna wear right. whereas Ableton you just go in the closet 15 minutes before you gotta head out the door you it, gotta, like, it
3: it. yeah he's like,. Yeah. Yo, and, and speaking of, of, of all that that you just said, you know, um, I, think, I think a big part of that um, is etiquette. So you know, I think a lot of times when you're a new producer or you're considered a beat maker, and you finally get to that point where, okay, I'm in the studio, and I'm able to uh, segue from a natural beat maker to a producer. Now, you know, all of us as, you know, producers, beat makers, we've we've encountered that first moment where okay, I'm in this room and I'm in this big studio and there's a runner, there's an engineer, there's, you know, the artist is over here, I got a couple songwriters, and now it's my job to to take control of the room and now be a producer. You know, so what advice do you have to you know, upcoming producers, upcoming beat makers, as far as h- what is the correct way to segue into that lifestyle as far as being a producer and, and taking control of the room and, and really producing a song and being a producer? Well, I think
6: the proper protocol for that is, a lot of times, you know, every everything is different. Every situation is different. I'm not giving you the the, the safe answer, but what I would say is this. The one thing that I would tell any any producer that that any beat maker or any someone who's a music creator, the one thing that's consistent is that um, you have to understand that you don't have to be the one pushing every button. Right. I remember I think yep. Quincy, Quincy Jones said something. I, yep. I, I said this, I told somebody the story It was like, that sounds like he's trying to get over but he said this, he said, if there's a puzzle on the ground, And all the pieces are scattered. And I tell you, move these two pieces right here. And I tell him to grab these five pieces and move them over here. And then I tell both of y'all to grab a couple pieces and move them here. And the puzzle's complete. Who put it together? And somebody would say, we all did. He's like, no, I put it together. (laughs) 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 I told you where where the pieces needed to go. And someone was like, see, that sounds shady. But I get it. You know, it sounds shady. But if... If, you don't, if you're not conscious enough to understand where the pieces got to go, right. you know, you're not really the guy that's solving the puzzle. So, and the guy who's solving the puzzle doesn't necessarily have to say, I'm touching every piece. Right. Sometimes you got to sit back and be able to hear everything and say, okay, maybe that, that color can go there. Right. Maybe that's where you put the window at you know and, and, and as a producer in, in in those sessions you have to envision yourself as being an architect. Well, some of my biggest records I didn't touch one right. key in it. Maybe oh, okay, maybe I did I I I play some fake chimes or something. <laughs> but I I was smart enough to say after we sketched out the original idea, I was like, "Okay, let's get a real drummer. Let's get a right. real bass player. Exactly. real right. guitar player, real horns, real strings." Right. See, and, and
3: I love that you you brought that up because like, you know, as a as a producer, you know, you have to you have to come to that realization where you understand what you're capable of on your own, and then also consider okay, you know, if I want to tackle you know a cello section or you know uh, a drum section, you you have to sort of just be open to um, you know bringing people in and collaborating because it's very much a, a people. Uh, type of business. It's a it's a, you're interacting with different talents and different people. You know when, and I think of like uh the one story I I I always refer to is you know Kanye, when he works on his stuff, you know uh, when he was working on um, uh the album before graduation was it uh, uh what's it called again? Late registration. Late registration. Late registration. You know he was going to you know Timberland. We all know you know uh, calling Timberland to tweak drums on certain songs and after you know he
0: you listen to A-track first like who are these guys right uh, okay that's what you're listening to on the bus who the fuck is that right I'm gonna sample that and then exactly
3: you know what I mean so like I, I feel like being a true musician is, is not not being selfish and being open to you know collaboration he, he
6: brought John Bryan in on the album as well right he did uh, the score for uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind yep you know oh wow and time. Ken
3: Ken Lewis was all over yeah. that.
6: But you say something that, that triggered a whole one of my little favorite little anecdotes. Things, ever since I've been in the music industry, like I've heard a thriller reference in one way, shape, <laughs> or form. I call that the, the Moby Dick. Like every everybody <laughs> go, everybody will <laughs> forever be everybody chasing. it was always one. So you're yep. gonna always be chasing that white whale, and you're never gonna <laughs> catch it. You know, yep. so yeah, yeah. uh whether it's an AR to reference thriller. An artist, a manager, a fellow producer, a musician. I've heard it referenced many, many times. And the one thing, and the closest person that, I, that I, I can say came to, came really, really close to Thriller in modern times was Usher with Confessions. The reason, oh, wow. the reason that's the case is because that album read like a who's who of producers, songwriters, engineers, mixers. Right. And when you look at Thriller, it was a lot of people that came through and gave Mike some great records. You know, the guys from Toto. They came in yeah. and gave him some great records. Wow. Carol Bayer Sayre came yep. in and gave him some great records. Right. Wow. Rod Temperton gave him a great record. Yeah. You know? Um David Foster was involved. And so people uh, you know will come in and give records into the project. And then you had a Who's Who of LA Session Cats, you know, and from you know, and Dugu Chancellor on drums and 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 Costa and it, the list goes on and on. Um Greg filling games. So when you look at the back of that album, it it was like it was it was education of collaborative effort. So the reason why you can't get those albums is because when you look at songs now, one dude is doing everything. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm like sometimes I can be the drummer on my my track. I can be the bass player. I can be the keyboard player. If if, If I feel bold enough and if I find a good enough patch, I can be the guitar player. I can be the string conductor. I can, I can chart some horns. And however I'm feeling that day, that's what you're going to get. The difference between back then was that if the, the drummer was going through some issues with baby mama at home, had some drama, he was going to come into the studio, mad, <laughs> <laughs> strong backbeat. <laughs> and the bass player might have smoked some good cush. <laughs> so he's playing extra behind a beat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the dynamic between those two dudes now is creating a different rhythm that you normally wouldn't get. Yep. And everybody's looking at those two guys like, I don't know what they're doing, but let's just lock in. Now you got a, a synergy that you can't duplicate because everybody's uh, human element is contributing to the whole product. And that's why you got, you got those songs sounding the way they sound. Yeah. Whereas now you just have one person controlling all the elements.
2: So you would right. say that all those guys are, the, are masters at what they did, and, and they, you bring in all the masters of what they do to create this one element.
6: And I think that's what makes me and Carvin's, um, uh, Paul's relationship, uh, <laughs> 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 great, is that we both do different things. Right. Like, if it was an entity where you had two guys that were writers, or two guys that were musicians and played the same instrument, it right. was just like, dog, stay out of my way. Like, let me do me. Yeah. And I think the fact that he can come to me and say, hey, Docs, man. all right, That's how you he talk. Hey, Docs, man. Like, I got, <laughs> <laughs> he got a real a scratchy voice. <laughs> so he'll come up to me and say, man, I got an idea for this song, man. And sing me some lyrics. I love you, even if you're getting a little weight. And I still love you if your hair turns great. But I don't have <laughs> nothing else. And that's how I'm hearing it. I was like, damn, that's crazy. What's it called? I don't know. And I'll say that, that's crazy. And he'll sing a little melody, and I'm like, all right, Smurf. Smurf Johnny Smurf Smith is a keyboard player that I collaborate with a lot. I said, Yo, Smurf, let's try to let, listen to what Carvin is doing. I think that's three-four timing. I need some church stuff. Smurf right. is uh, that that dude plays with Common, Plays with uh, Kanye. He played with a lot of people, and um, we'll interpret what Carvin is hearing. And a lot of times interpreting what Carvin is hearing is is, is is a challenge, but we'll get it. But I think the fact that we can do that allows for the type of collaborative uh, works that we do to you know to be what they are. Because you have you have someone who's hearing something and someone who's saying who's not saying. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you know, what I'm saying we we encourage each other. Like, what are you talking about? Let me hear that. Okay, I think, is it something like this? Yeah, that's it. And me doing that would have, will would have probably help him come up with four more bars. Right. right. As opposed I to kind of like, you know, repress what he's thinking. And I think that's what's conducive to, like, making great music. It's like we check our egos out the door. Yep. That's why I said earlier, it's about respecting the song, like... However that song can come to you is how you got to get it get it out. You
2: know? right. now can, can we segue really quick? I mean.
1: I was about to ask I, like I, four I, questions <laughs> in a row. I love.
2: I mean, one of my favorite songs of all times is, is Teach Me. I mean, could you please explain how that process of that song was made? Wait, hold
1: on a second. Did, was that one of the joints you sent me?
2: No. No, I don't think so. No, he didn't send that one, but no, I, yeah. I didn't
6: I didn't sing no live organic records.
4: <laughs> no, I think, I think but I teach no. me
2: was just amazing. I I, I, I particularly songs, love the uh, vocal arrangement on on that, and uh, mm-hmm. can you talk about how important it is to you know have like the B sections and the bridges and records because I I don't hear that anymore.
6: Well, I mean, you know what it is too. Like we we've learned the hard way, and I'm gonna shout out J Records for this. J Records. Are they still around? RCA? Jay, I, think I don't they think, they so. Are. Yeah. I think so. I don't RCA, know. RCA, Peter Edge. Yeah, yeah. It might Reg. be. Peter Edge is a, a good friend of ours. You know, we've, we've done a lot of work with Peter Edge. But he's he's also a very, very tough critic. So if right. he hears something that's not what they hear, he'll let you know. So early, uh, it took me a while to understand this. They had this thing called linear when they refer to music.
4: Yep.
6: I mean, when, when you hear the song, and the song becomes so repetitive where there's no dynamics, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in drops or bills. it can you know sometimes you need some harmonic changes in order for that song to feel like you know it's it's moving along it's moving the story around so he was someone that I credited with creating that whole uh perception of the song's need to. Have a certain change. I mean, we knew that. I'm not saying he, he was the guy who right. was the be all to end all, but it became something that if you wanted to get a record place at J Records, you had to have a certain structure of like your intro, your verse, your B section, which some people call pre-chorus, yeah. your chorus. Sometimes you might have a little post-hook to keep from that that hook. You know, if it's too wordy, you might have to have that that tagline. To drive the point home. Then you go back to the verse and you go back to the B section and make sure that that bridge has a a different musical change because that's where you take it home. And I think as we've been able to be fortunate, especially with like working with music, a lot of his songs were the identity of his songs were the bridges. The bridges were like, okay, when he comes out of that bridge, he gonna hit that note. Yep. And, And it was expected. So that's why those songs, you know, we made sure that from a musical standpoint, they they were held together by strong sections. Yeah. But that song uh teach me it was a whole bunch of dudes in the studio talking about their females. I wasn't there that day though. I wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> See? Shit. Yeah. See? Yeah. Uh, yes.
1: That's
3: how it happened.
1: He's it like, was, nah,
6: nah. It was one of my managers, me, one of my managers, <laughs> Mike Mack, um, Smurf, that's playing in the back. Carvin and someone else was talking about, man, you know. Sometimes it's hard, you know, like you know, like yeah. you got to you got to tell me like I can't I can't figure it out all the time if 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 the girl before before you like red roses and you don't tell me you don't like red roses and I bring you red roses you're not helping me. Nice. You got to you got to tell me what you like, you know, essentially yeah. teach me, you know, but it wasn't they didn't call it teach me. So Mike calls me. Mike is Mike I will give him a lot of credit him and my, my other manager Jay hips um, he would call me, Docs, man, Carvin got one. You got to call Carvin and get it out of him. He's got one. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> man, it's this crazy record. And he started telling me the concept. I'm like, ooh. It almost like, teach me how to, uh, teach me how to say it, show me how to, hold on. Show me how, I forgot what the tagline. I came up with that tagline. Uh, teach me how to show it. Teach me how to say it, show me how to tell me how to show it or something like that. And I was like, that's crazy. And me, me and him had uh mapped out the record over the phone. So he's like, call Carvin and get it done. I called Carvin. He started, he almost sounded like a totally different record. He almost forgot the conversation. I was like, no, this is what Mike said. This is what y'all was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just started hashing it out. And we got the strong idea of what the hook was going to be. And that's when we brought in um, Corey Latif Williams, who's a songwriter from Philly. Also, an artist, he came in and and collaborated with us on the top line. Yeah, that's the one thing
2: I remember you talking about the top line and how important it is to have someone that knows how to do that. Yeah,
6: the top
3: line is really
2: it's it's such a big deal.
3: (laughs) That's the
6: to me, uh, the average person on the streets right now. If if y'all was to go right there on um, was that seven? Right. Yep, seven. You go down seven, you start grabbing random foreigners off the street. They don't know anything about a machine, a swing, quantized setting, bit rate, none of that. You you start pulling them to the side and you play them songs. I guarantee you they'll gravitate to stuff that has strong melodic yep. content. You know, so we in and, and, and the majority of the people that we make our music for don't necessarily know about, oh man, what you use on that? Right. You know, exactly. They just, they're right. they're like they're not they're
1: not. Production. Exactly. No, <laughs> but that, that's no. the
6: thing. It's like you know, it's a it's a crazy subculture with us beat makers that we try to you know we do. I, I still do certain things in my music. Me too. It's like what the, what they call Easter egg. I just hide it in there for the yeah beat yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a little voice for the, in the, for the beat makers. Just On for the le- beat makers to the left
4: all the <laughs> exactly. way down for the beat makers. No, this is <laughs> exactly. the regular paying public. So, but
6: every now and then we do these little things in there, you know, because that that's just part of me. But we've I've learned that you know it, it, it's not about me you know like right. when I make these records I have to sometimes I feel like ah, that drum that shut that the shuffle's not strong enough right the drums not smacking but sometimes it might not call for a smacking drum right you know oh man you know I want that joint to sound like stacks and you know right. you know the high records you know rhythm section but it might not call for that it might call for a different type of arrangement right. so you have to kind of understand what you know what fits the, the the vibe, of the artist that you working with at that
3: time. Right? Yeah, and so that, you know, speaking speaking of of that, I really wanna. I think it's a shame if we don't show these people some of these records that Ivan's done. Oh, we are yeah. gonna, oh, yeah. gonna get yeah, into all that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, let's
1: let's do this. We have oh, it's eleven thirty eight. We well, have, we need to talk about these joints because he has stories on these joints. I just got yeah. one question, too. man. What's
0: that? I. You know, I'm not gonna dry snitch. I recently was, (laughs) (laughs) I recently was record digging, and I was like, "Word, this shit is a sample for real." I thought, "Yeah, yeah. how did you guys play it over? Was it extra instruments?"
3: What what song was that?
0: Uh, This one right here. Let's
1: play. I'm, I'm gonna turn it off for you.
0: I just, oh, that man.
6: was
1: the joint he was talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah. You
6: guys got the email I said?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got the uh, I got the joint that uh, uh, on the uh, who sampled. Okay. No, I got, I, that's I, not like, who it is. Book, uh, turn that, it up a little it, re- bit. It's, it's wrong.
6: Yeah, that's the reason why I sent it in. Yeah.
3: Amazing.
0: <laughs> this
3: shit is this is my shit right here. This
1: is my joint. Shout out to
3: Serban on the mix. Right, that mix is crazy.
6: That was one of Ser- that's when Serban first started mixing in the box. I used Dude, to be like, "Are wow. you in, the, mix- box? Why you in the box? Why <laughs> not mixing on the SSL?" Like, he's like the <laughs>
1: SSL sometimes overkill, man. But yeah? I'm
6: talking about early on when Pro Tools was just like, you can track and Pro Tools, not mix. It was right, like Ser- back in the '70s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that record, uh, the original record, is uh, Charlie Bird. From an album called Hit Trip, is a he did a cover of a song called "Live for Life" that that Francis Lye did. Oh shit. So you not snitching? They got me already. You know, they, they, uh, they, they, they they tap my pockets. <laughs> 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 and, and you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm I have a bittersweet type of relationship with with records that I sample, man. Like some records, you know, like for instance, Just Friends. My managers, when we were mixing that joint over at Quad, he was like, yo, the sample didn't clear. They want to take, they want to take 90% from the, from the, from the copyright. Wow. Y'all can go back to Philly and replay it. You can call Pete Kuzma to come in and replay it. I was like, nah. I'm the, the hip hop guy in me was like, nah, I'm yeah. not replaying it. Nah yeah. this is, it feels good. I'll take the hit and I wish I would've replayed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. it got uh, what was you gonna say? So
1: let me ask you this. Um like uh producing R and B, quote unquote, and producing hip hop joints, like there's a different approach to it. You know what I mean? Could you could you elaborate on that? Could you, like, tell about, like, these amazing Philly musicians that really cats don't know about? Like... Well, I'm... Well, the thing about early on when
6: I started producing R&B, it was... I was bringing... I was bringing the suburbs to the hood. I was bringing... I was bringing an R&B cast to my hip-hop production. Right. You know, it wasn't until, like, music's second album when I did the Don't Change record that it, that it started taking shape into, like, oh, Carmen, I even got this sound, you know? Mm-hmm. But everything at that time was, you know, l- loops, drums, and some musical elements on top of it. But early on, I was fortunate to have access to like some of the greatest musicians in Philly. And I know if once I start naming names, and I forget names, they'll kill me. But guys on bass like Terry Tribbett, Adam Blackstone. Now, everybody knows Adam Blackstone. He's MD to everybody that's out there. Man. Anybody that's out, the, out on the road right now, if Adam Blackstone is not MD in their oh, man, gig, he's putting that show together for them.
0: Yeah,
4: he's like the MD's MD. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's that guy.
6: Frank Romano on guitar. Um, he did a lot of stuff with uh, Jim Johnson now, and he did stuff with uh, Matchbox Twenty. But he was a, he was the guy to play guitar on, on on Half Crazy. He played guitar on Don't Change. Smurf on keys. Johnny Smurf Smith on keys. Paris uh, Bowens on keys. Uh, Pete Kuzma on keys on some records. Matt Cappy on trumpet. Jeff Brash on trombone. Um, man Spanky on drums. Spanky plays for Lady Gaga. Right. Little Daryl plays for uh, N.E.R.D. He's a drummer. Daryl Robinson, uh, Dwayne Moore, he plays for N.E.R.D. The ah, bass damn. player. Uh, Ray Ray plays for N.E.R.D. and Chris Brown. He's a guitar player. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. that 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 I use on a lot of those records ended up becoming like big touring musicians, you yeah. know. And they, you know, they got you know I shared shared copyright with a lot of those guys on a lot of those records. I was like, you come here, you help me make this record what it needs to be. There's no reason why you shouldn't right. eat off of it. Philly is
1: full right. of those musicians, man. Yeah. I mean, now, now, I, I got have, a
2: question from um, uh, a particular dude in Atlanta, fan of yours. And uh, he wanted me to ask you, you know, how do you feel about the current state of soul music right now? or And the state of uh, R&B Before and where it's going.
1: That, Before you answer that, because this was like part of my question, too. When Five Swap burned down, did it Ooh. shift?
6: You said, was it an inside job?
1: <laughs> we uh, oh We, we going already there? know. We already know. Are, we going, are, we, go, on, are no, we going you know there? Are we going? Are we going there? we can talk about that uh, on hey, over cheesecakes you know, all day. I, I have fond,
6: <laughs> I have fond memories of the of the Five Spot. That, I partook in one of the Beat societies in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, Which so. one? Super Dave West, um, yeah. Street Orchestra, and Chad West. Oof, yeah. yeah, that was classic. Yeah, yeah,
1: Five Spot had those classic memories. Yeah. But do you feel like you know? I had track I
6: I I brought out. South, southern Trap Rappers with me on stage. I oh, brought, shit. I brought uh, <laughs> Cornbread and Slim. STS, Sugar Tongue yeah. Slim. He was part yeah. of Cornbread and Slim. Wow. And I brought Freeway out. I had nice. him rapping the song my joint. But when that, you know, what happened was it, it was before the Five Spot Burned Down. were having a lot of those musicians that were part of, the, of creating that, that synergy of the Five Spot started going on the road. Right. A lot of those artists that used to go there started getting deals. Right and what happened was they didn't groom the next generation to take right. over and take it right. to the next level. They definitely didn't. It they fell didn't. apart.
1: Fell apart. Yeah. Real but real. now
6: there's a, a new new kind of revival where cats are starting to be a lot more involved with, with the whole aspect of, of uh, the live performance.
1: I'm sorry, right. Stoney. It was oh, no. part of
6: your question, but you know. Oh, no, it's cool. So what was the question?
2: Uh, what do you feel about the state of uh, soul music and R&B right now? Uh, and look at his question. Yeah.
6: Well, coming up, coming up here tonight, I was listening to uh, Hot 97. Granted, it's the mix show. There was no R&B whatsoever. Oh, nah. no. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, nah. nah. so. The last R&B songs <laughs> that were and on the on, on the R- radio was Frank. And then mm-hmm. I heard Alicia Keys' "Girl on Fire" sped up like 15 BPMs, right? Crazy. Oh God! And, and, uh, <laughs> Crazy. They changed into an EDM house remix, mix, yeah. Yeah. And, and, had, and EDM yeah. thrown yeah. in off beat, and they had <laughs> di- Rihanna Diamonds acapella <laughs> over uh, a two chains beat. Oh well, my God! What happened was, I think what ha- a lot of R&B artists started thinking that they needed hip hop in order mm-hmm. for them to be relevant, and that's not the case. So you started having a lot of, I mean. Singers are naturally crooners. You know what I'm saying. When you think about the history of R&B singers, you got Sam Cooke, and you know Donny Hathaway, Marvin Mm. Gaye. I'm talking about from that bygone era. You know Teddy Pendergrass, you know uh, Al Green. These are guys that were singing love songs. They weren't. They didn't care about the dudes. They were like you know David Ruffin, Eddie Kendricks. They didn't care about about the dudes. They were like, "I'm singing to women." Right, right. What happened was we have we had a, a a glut of male singers that started singing to dudes, singing songs, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> singing songs that dude would feel like <laughs> it's cool, you know. Yeah, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm hard. I can't. T- <laughs> I can't name some of those guys because you know yeah, nah, we uh-huh. have working. But relationships. We, know, we know, we know. But it's just like to me that that signaled a shift in R&B. Like once you started trying to make records to compete with the hip hop public, and you totally alienated your buying public, it kind of made it so that you had like the public felt like oh we don't have nothing to buy, so we had nothing to support because they're not going to support you know ratchetry like I call it. But now, thankfully, is. you have you have guys like my good friend Miguel. You know, like yeah. he's, he's bringing R and B back, bringing it back with what what his own with his own no flavor. Way. You know,
1: yo you know. yo boogie, you got some of the Miguel joints. Can right? we play?
3: Can we play some? I want to play some jams. Yeah, could you yeah please? please. From the it. homie, man. Like, so, so we're gonna let these dudes know. Uh-oh,
1: that's exclusive. Yeah, this this is a brand new joint. Maybe you need to talk over all the whole thing. You know what I mean?
4: Uh,
3: <laughs> can we do can we do like a like an eight minute ivan set of just jams yeah.
0: something like that wow. <laughs> i don't i don't i don't think we need all that i, all
1: that. <laughs> I appreciate you covering it up though um so how did this how did this come about man what this you record were, Yeah yeah You Man, can turn it up A little bit Miguel <laughs> It was like Four
6: years ago When did Avatar come out
4: Damn what, what, what Dude was,
6: that was like 08 Right That was four years No it was 09 Going into 09 He came down That December To collaborate On some records And he got snowed in He kept on changing His flight Kept on changing His flight And we got, in, we got The worst snowstorm In the history Of the east coast Right So he ended up Staying at our house For like a week or ten days extra. He all he do is just go down into the to the studio and just record. I just leave up beats and, and I will wake up come the next day. He records himself. He he's one of those songwriters that actually records like like writes on uh, in front of a Pro Tools rig. Wow. And I have all these records that we did during that session during the uh that snowstorm and he was it's funny cause he was out, outside trying to help me shovel snow oh, and this wow. dude had on like these boots that was about the soul was about this thing yeah. <laughs> he
1: had some fashionable ass boots yeah <laughs> and
6: he, he, I was like yo you going out there like that he was like it's, I got boots on I was like no nah, nah, and then nah, he nah some rubber on the bottom of them he had a pea coat. I was like nah, 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 nah. I got I got a parka I, I got him some Gore-Tex Air Force Ones that I had uh, like you can't go out there like that, homie. And he was out there helped me shovel snow. It was funny, but it was cool. Miguel uh, was one of the collaborators it's, on this record. Right. Hey, turn turn this up real quick. ill
4: will lights out. Soccer punch psyched out. Caught a love wave, wrote wiped out. Two ships just passing in the night now. Offshore.
3: That shit is fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the
1: Western
4: <laughs> Highway right now. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> <Just> Leanin' back. You always said hope close, comprehend it, but I can't come. So I gotta find my way back, way back to you, baby. find my way back, way back to you, baby.
6: Wow, that sounds crazy. Shout out! Shout out to my man Kirk Chambers on guitar on that too. I he's an artist that I've I've been working with. I was about to say you just yeah. been
1: doing some couple joints with him.
6: He got um. We did a uh, we didn't call it a mixtape. We call it an album. And the benefit of calling a mixtape an album in 2012 for branding purposes is, is amazing. Right. We put out this project called One Way Ticket, and we gave it away as a free download. You had to. It was kind of like a pay with a tweet scenario. It
2: was pretty
6: hot. And. We decided to call it uh, an album. So, on the strength of it being called an album, we shot a video and it got picked up by VH1 Soul and Viacom. Dope. So, wow, then really? I was like, I developed a relationship over there and I was like, Dope. you know what? We shot another one. The, the first one was called uh, Grass is Greener. The second one was called uh, Out of Body. We shot it in LA at uh, El Matador Beach in Malibu, calling in favors, sent it into VH1 and MTV. They accepted it again. Wow. You know, and the reason, I, and they one of the songs that we did on a project got licensed for one of the um, when Joe Buttons is about to go see Rocky. That's what the synopsis said. I, don't know about <laughs> <laughs> I love <it>. hip <laughs> hop, <laughs> but here is wow. the thing: like when you call things, when you assign a proper value to certain things, they take on a different value. When you call yeah, a mixtape. Right people devalue it. It's just yeah, almost like yeah. the music is not yeah. a special.
1: Because right. Right. you know, because cats don't, nowadays don't really mix their mixtapes and people just assume right. it's not right. going to be yep. that good as the album. So, I mean. If it's
6: original, you know, copyright your stuff. Get, get some ISRC code. Yep. No doubt. You yeah. know, because no it's doubt. like, exactly. We, we benefited from it, you know. You know, uh, my publishers wasn't too, too thrilled with the rate that they was giving us, but, you know, they were like, for you to bring, because they're going to, they brand the artist, and, and when they when they license the song, they show the picture of the artist, they talk about where you can get it, and they, they right. promote it for free. Right. So, it's like, you know, for that, just because we call it, we treated it like a,
3: a real project, it ended up being treated like a real project. Dope. You know, and really quickly, too, speaking of, you know, the whole licensing thing and everything, you know, I think a, a, a big question for, you know, upcoming producers is, you know, what are some different... Uh, things I can do as a producer to generate income? You know, I mean, you're fortunate enough to have a relationship with certain artists and you have, you know, uh, publishing and all these things um, on your side. But, you know, what are some things that you may have done early on um, and still do today to generate actual income as a producer?
6: Well, one of the biggest uh, misconceptions is that you can make all your money Selling beats. Yeah, I think true. one of my biggest yep. uh, revenue stream has been just having publishing. Man. So, you know, having owning copyright and my songs being licensed for TV, films, video games, commercials, scoring commercials, you know, scoring scenes for, for, for movies, things of that nature, and actually education as well. Like, you know, me yeah. and my partners established this uh, nonprofit. Um, called Dash, which wow. is a de- destined to exceed successful heights, and is a program that we created that teaches kids um, the value of sports and entertainment careers, without having to be a, the person on the field or, or in front of the camera or, or behind right. the mic. So, we licensed that curriculum to different schools in Baltimore, Philly, and it's growing. That's something that is going; it can prove. To be a, a good revenue stream generator for us, wow! Because oh, yeah. we are taking that component with education and letting it work, you know, to our advantage with what we are, you know, leveraging it with what we've learned over the
1: years, right? And dope.
6: <laughs> consulting is another way for you to um, generate some money. Blaze Track, <laughs>
3: Blaze Track, <yo. laughs> Blaze Track. Shout to shout to the homies, Corey, and, <laughs> and all those guys at Blaze Track,
1: man. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with? Uh the, you know the, the Recording Academy, the company that actually puts on the Grammys.
6: Well, I got involved because everybody that gets involved always gets involved because they get nominated. You when you when you yeah. feel that high of like, even though my work's been nominated, you know the the number of times it's been nominated. The the true nominations are when your name is on that yeah, on yeah. that award if you win. Like when we we got nominated for best R and B song those three years. That first year was just like I'm on a high, like wow, like I'm going to all the festivities. I'm getting my medal, so when you're on a high, you really feel like I gotta get involved with this a little bit more. So that's how it started. What was that first one, though, real quick? Teach me, Music Soul Child, teach Word. me, yeah, best R&B song. Wow. So being I'm in fit. when I got involved, I was just like, wow, you know, whatever you guys want me to do, I'll come through. And I didn't realize that though it's it is political, and you know, you have to navigate those circles. But at the end of the day, I do it because I think the community doesn't doesn't have the representation that it needs. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that represent my demographic in the academy. And that's not something that I'm saying as a knock to the academy because they recognize that. They recognize that there needs to be more diversity, more minorities, more youth, more women. So, I was able to get involved and on a on a chapter level they asked me to run for governor. I was like, "All right, cool. I was on the board of governors in Philly. And then I ended up going to LA to do a um this non-review thing yearly, help out with some stuff. And little by little, I was drawn to the whole process of like, you know what, it's a lot of these artists here aren't very well represented. And the only way you can do that is by bringing more exposure. So if I can can be involved and be an example for some younger people that don't understand that the people that are in the Grammys right now are getting older, somebody's going to have to get in there and get involved. Hip hop in particular, like the way um Grammys occur in hip hop, is the top when that first ballot goes out. The top five nominees are the ones that you'll see on the on the ballot because there's not a nomination review committee for hip hop. So, and the only people that vote is not y'all to vote for hip hop to get a Grammy. It's the voting members inside the academy. Yeah. The voting members look like <laughs>
4: <laughs> Colonel Sam. I know where <laughs> this is yeah, going. Yeah, 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 yes, well. Re- Regis yeah. Regis Philbin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Larry King.
6: So, you know, and it ain't that many um, people from our communities in it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I have some good friends that are a part of, of the Academy, like Salaam Remy and DJ Tool, Ooh. you know, um, Michael and who Michael Jackson's MD, and a lot, a lot, a lot of people that I know that have gotten involved and that has changed their lives. And now they fight a lot more for, you know,
1: what the music needs to be, how that's it needs dope. to be represented in there. That's dope. And let alone being a Philadelphia president, you know, a charter president. That's that's crazy. And yeah. being a, a creative ambassador. Do we,
6: we say swag after that, though? That's why I'm trying say to say swag. You swag. should yeah. say whatever swag, fuck you want. Swag, 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 swag. swag. <laughs> swag. <laughs> motherfuckers. Swag, swag, swag. Swag, 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 swag times flat, 100.
3: Can you dig it?
6: But Philly, yeah. Philly, the energy in Philly is, is 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 great right now, man. Yeah, it's a lot of young talent. In Philly. Who, who
3: are some of the cats you you looking forward to? In
6: I just did two joins with Chill Moody. Ah, uh, he's, had, he's uh, having chill, his party. He's got his party nice. tonight at the TLA. I did two nice. joints on his project. I got a rapper that I'm working with in Conway. Uh huh. Um, doing me and my. my uh, our management team is doing it with Charlie Mack. Charlie Mack, first out of the limo. You guys know who Charlie Mack is?
1: i, I seen the Break home
6: it down with him. the pinch. crazy suit. Break it down for <laughs> him. Charlie Mack was Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jazz bodyguard. Yep. Wow. 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 Booyaka. And from that, he grew it to, he's like the hip-hop historian ambassador.
4: Right. Amazing. Wow. Like,
6: look, true story. The 1999 L.A. Lakers championship photo when they beat the Pacers. Charlie Mack is in the team photo with all the trainers and the players and management celebrating.
4: (laughs) Wow! We was like,
6: we was we was in in the studio looking like, how did Charlie get in there? (laughs) But Charlie, we call he's like the Forrest Gump of hip hop. He knows everybody. Like if he ever wrote a book. It'll be about hip, yeah. the entire history of hip-hop. He,
1: wow. he was a part wow. of that uh, Comeback Philly-style 2012 joint, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It went along with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
6: Jasmine Sullivan, Deanna Williams, Charlie Mack, and Carver and Ivan, yeah. Wow. but um, that's uh, Conway Stevens, a rapper I'm working with him. I'm working with this other rapper named Asia, Sp- Asia Sparks. She's a- oh, uh, uh, From Philly? From Philly, yeah. Wow. She got co-signed by Meek Mill and, and wow. 50 and all of them. She's, she's, she's the next one to blow up. Wow, uh, you know she's a uh, talented young lady. She just w- they had the uh, All Flamers Awards Sunday. She won Best New Artist. Oh wow, dope. Congrats! Wow. so dope. Uh, she's dope. She's uh, some people don't compare her to Nicki. Wow, it's mm. inevitable. So just you know, yeah. spe-
3: speaking about you know some some of the up and coming talent that you're working with. I mean, what's your opinion on this whole you know still to this day misconception of okay, I'm a new artist, you know, is my goal as a new artist still to sign to a major? Or, you know, what kind of options do I have as an independent, you know, uh, uh, entity? You know, what can I do to, to, to you know, further my career? I mean, what's your opinion on that whole dynamic? Man, look, if you can do it, and, and,
6: and it's funny, this is coming from someone who benefited from the major label system with right. a lot of artists I work with in, in my career. But now seeing the dynamic of the music industry how it has how it has changed, I will say that this favors the independent independently spirited uh entrepreneur now that doesn't that there's a, a quality that you should not have when you're going to be an independent that's laziness. You have to get out there and hustle if you if you're willing to hustle and you're willing to put the good the product out there, you can be mag Miller. Right, you know, you can be Kendrick. Right, you know, and, and the way those guys were, uh, were rocking out to be able to get the attention of major labels. Now, it, it shows that the playing field has changed, especially now when major labels are giving you uh, the laundry list. I call it the car wash service. You know, we yeah. go to a car <laughs> wash, wow. yep. go to a car wash, and you know, you get the eight dollar wash. Yeah, it just. The Took a vacuum and just, uh. Yeah, I mean, you got yeah. spots all over your vehicle. You the <laughs> dirty brush and <laughs> shit. And then, uh, the $12 dollar one is just a little arm, armor all shine. Yeah. And the $15 one, clear coat. <laughs> and the $22 dollar one exactly. is, like, okay, you get the air, air freshener and all that. and right, washing. Yeah. That's what they give you now. It's just like labels to say, look, okay, we can put your album out, but you gotta promote it. You gotta shoot your own videos. Yep. You gotta pay for right. your own tour support. Right. Yup. Anything you think of that a label used to do for you, you got to do it yourself. You got to do it yourself. Now, here's the catch. If you want us to do that for you, this is what it costs. It costs this. It costs yeah. that. It costs that. It costs this. It costs that. So it's like if you get them to do that for you, when you could have did it on your own, you would have made more money. Doing, doing it on your own. And it's a big, big misconception on selling units versus generating revenue. You can sell a million records and not and not make money because... It costs so much money to market promote that album, you know it's just like you can sell a million records and not make any money, and you can sell
3: fifty thousand records and make a shit ton make of money. a ton of money, yeah so where does that where does that put the producer you know because you know uh you know you coming from a world where you're working with you know uh, the major you're working in the major label system to generate income but then also you know working in the independent uh, you know direction how what what is that like in 2013 going into 2013 I have it is funny I'm glad
6: you bringing this up because this is something that That's we've been, some. we've been discussing I was like especially with so many mixtapes coming out right you have uh, sample free tracks Where you have 100% of your copyright just given away in projects. What you need to do is you need to do these deals where you share into the copy, you you share in the licensing and ownership of these records. So let's say I'm giving you three tracks for your project and you can only give me uh, $500 for all three, hypothetically, let's just say that. I need to have some ownership stake on that project to ensure that if this gets licensed, if this gets synced to any film, we share in this copyright. I can't let you own this outright because I'm giving you these, these these records for your album and you're owning these masters. If I don't share it on the masters, then how do I generate revenue if this is profitable? Right. I think we have to be a little bit more savvy when it comes to the, the type of deals that we're right now. And it's, mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of attention is not being paid. Right. Too, because yeah.
3: everybody gets so caught up with getting placement, getting placement, exactly, getting
6: that, and you don't care about how that placement is
4: coming. Yo, know, and I, and, I, and now I also
3: speak. too, like you know, if you're a producer and you get a placement on, let's say, you know, a Fifty Cent mixtape, and you know, Fifty decides to shoot a video for it, and it gets you know, four, five, six million views on it, you know, as a producer, as a stakeholder, like you were saying on the track. You There's income there for you to collect You know you know what's crazy
6: It's a lot of guys who aren't registering Their their, their works with The PROs, performance rights organization exactly. Like ASCAP, BMI, CSAC Where they're letting These hustlers come in that had nothing to do With the records, say oh you did um, Killing the club It's not registered I want 100% <laughs> of that record exactly. So then you That's go and register that record And be like wait a minute who owns this John 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 McNally owns this record. Yeah, mm-hmm. who is John McNally? We don't remember him being in the studio. Now you got to go deal with John McNally when ASCAP or BMI already cut him checks. Produ- right. so producers, okay.
2: please Google ASCAP BMI. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If y'all don't know about it, we talk about it on every show. Please. And, yeah, and and also too,
3: you know, if if you're an upcoming new producer and you know you're working with an A and R or an artist, and and you you know you get a placement on a mixtape, you know. Make sure the paperwork is right. Yeah. You know, yeah. get get, get, uh, the <laughs> get the ownership. Get the ownership that you deserve. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. he got can something I, to talk, I say about with yes, I say
6: talk about. Talk about say We we all know that the uniform for uh a twenty thirteen urban producer is the height latest hype beast kicks <laughs> yeah. that will run you anywhere between two fifty three hundred or whatever. Yeah, if, you yeah. it, if you buy if you buy from resellers, just yeah. comes. Um if you going to afford to buy a pair of Yeezys. Okay. Or a pair of foams, and I, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm very well acclimated with the sneaker game. If you can afford to do that, then you can afford to copyright your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can afford to get an LLC, and it's not expensive. Incorporated. In- Investing yourself. You know? it's not that expensive. Not expensive. Not expensive. You know, and I think it, it, it's intimidating because I think people are afraid of all the work that you have to do. But, you know, pay an attorney. If, if they, or you could do the research, get Kash- Kashif's book. You guys yep. know Kashif. Yeah. Kashif's a legend. Yeah. Until he, he breaks it down, we did it. We sat down with him. We're doing a, a documentary for him for this R and B history of R and B music in America that he's doing. Right, thorough dude lives in Hawaii now, right. living off wow. his royalties. Chilling, 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 chinchilla, chilling, ch- <laughs> ch- <laughs> ch- <chilla>. chilling. <laughs> <laughs> hard. But he breaks it down in his book of how how to go about doing just the, the basic housekeeping, like they call yeah. it. Right, right. That we yeah. take for granted. You know, we run around here. You know, just trying. You know, thinking that is a certain way to interact and behave as a producer. Yeah. But you know, like, like Teddy Atlas says, you got to behave like a champ. When you get hit, you, you know, whether you are a champ or not, you got to behave like a champ, right? Right. So when you, when you, when you, when you you clear your your head from all those cobwebs, how you emerge from being punch drunk is what's going to dictate if you win that fight. Same thing as a producer. You got to behave like a producer. Don't behave like a beat maker. No Mm. doubt. There's no future in that.
2: Yeah. And invest 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 not just gear. Invest. It ain't just about buying equipment and having a studio. You got to invest in all your business. Yeah.
6: Develop relationships too, man. Cuz oh, I think
4: Yo, that's yeah. It goes back He's to what I was that. saying. It yeah. goes
3: back to what I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. you know, interpersonal skills. Yep. You know what I mean? This is a people business. So <laughs> if you know if you're not likable, then, you know, chances are <laughs> you're not going to Maneuver to get what you want. Yeah. So.
1: so when going back to what you were talking about with like album sales and all that, uh, I was peeping your Twitter. So I, I seen one one thing you said. You said two point five million followers. Thirteen thousand <laughs> That was 360 like last year. <laughs> Three hundred and sixty <laughs> copies in the first week of sales. Wow. Like, time that for these was, artists. Let's to talk about their it. Strategy. That was two years ago, right? I don't yeah, know what time right, it was. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. timeless, baby. Well, I'm gonna put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Soldier Boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. This was Talk the, about this, it I was fun. laughing
6: because it was like Soldier Boy, you know, whenever the album that he put out when he was dealing with cat stacks, whenever that came. That right? was two like, years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's, you know, and not, this is no no knock on him. This is not even a personal right. attack on him. Right. It's more so the perception that we have of what social media has allowed us to think translates into sales. Right. Like it goes hand in hand. If you don't have a strong component that's you know, ingrained in social media to your organic aspect, you're not going to win, man. You, you're not going to win. You can't, like, the Internet travels faster than you getting on a plane and landing in another time zone. But by the same rationale, not having the hand-to-hand interaction in co- In conjunction with your social media presence is going to hurt you just as worse yeah, yeah. so like and what happened was you know they they put all this they they had all this uh analytics in place where okay he has three point five million twitter followers who x amount of retweets x amount of views on 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 youtube you know whatever the statistics were, but the fact that the music was being uh Delivered to a certain demographic That wasn't a buying demographic yeah. You know At the end yeah. of the day Like yeah. You know the most profitable uh Genre of radio Is urban AC or, or, or AC stations Because those are the consumers That have the disposable income They buy uh Car insurance That's crazy and they buy detergent yeah. You know They're the ones Who actually control The discretionary dollars In the household Yeah So yeah. when you're talking about Someone like Soldier Boy Who appeals to like 13, 14, 15 year olds who don't really have the money to say, I'm going to go buy Soldier Boy's album. Then you get into the whole idea of, now you're, you're, you're appealing to a, po- a population that can't really affect your bottom line. So and what happened was, even if you take that out of the whole equation, the way they did it, it, it wasn't in a way where he created, uh, the label created some kind of synergy between who the buying public was and what the product was. So at the end of the day, though you have those followers, you gotta get out there and engage. You gotta do hand in hand. Yeah. You know, like I've seen artists who are classic artists come out with a brand new album and don't understand the value of getting back out there in the yep. in the faces of the PDs yep. and, and, and all the on air personalities or radio stations. You know, going to, going going through record stores, doing in store sign ins and things of that nature. You know, you just don't, you can't just tweet about it and put an ad on the side of media takeout and think, okay, that's my right. album. is coming out. You got to get out there and engage, right. engage people.
3: So I think I the think moral of the story is, you know, engage with the people and, and you know, it's 2013. You know what I mean? Like, you have, to, you have to be in touch with your fan base and really, you know, I feel like most of the fan base out there, you know, wants to feel like they're part of your movement. They want to feel like they know you, you know, so in order to do that, you have to really exploit, you know, social media, you know, your Twitter, your Facebook, no Instagram, and, and at the end of the day, you know, the material has to be good, it's got to yeah, be quality, yeah. it's yeah. got
6: to be good. Yeah. There's it's, it's no
3: it's no business without the show. It's got to be good.
6: Okay.
1: Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I, I
3: think, yo, we... We we kind of we kind of ran over time. We, kinda, we, we went I'm over so, a little I'm, bit. I'm surprised Ray didn't you know <laughs> Ray Ray you know, he's over there he, looking at the watching shit. I'm
1: surprised he didn't hit the shit. wrap it up box from the Chappelle show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't hit the wrap it up box. Yeah, no no but now we got it we got yo, it. Yo we got we got we have tons of questions still. You know what I mean? So well I mean you know what, I, I, she Stoney knows I'm, I, and
6: people that know me they know I share I build. Yeah, you yeah. can me, you can hand me on my social networks. You can hand me on Twitter. Um. Dox Ortho, that's Doxortho. That's D O X O R T H O. You can see it on the on on the site, right? My, yeah, my yeah. Twitter I online. got all the information on there. I'm on Facebook. You can inbox me, and you know I'm a little busy, but I, I do respond. And you know, yeah, I share. I, I, I I'll tell people plugins that I use. I tell you how I use what of I course. use. Of course, I don't trip over that. Of right. course, you know. So, like, hit me up online. You know, if you have any questions, and I'll be more than happy to answer that. Anyway. Very cool. Yeah, Very
2: I want to cool. personally thank you for coming down. And, Thanks
3: uh, for And uh, uh, sharing with Yo, us. round of applause for Ivan,
4: yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. You know I And you Gary's. know, the podcast
3: is going to go up. We're going to have all the links to, yep. to Ivan's social media,
1: yep. you know, the Blaze track, all that stuff, yep. man. And, like, we didn't even get into, like, all his discography, you know, Jasmine Sullivan, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child, yes. Justin Timberlake, yes. Mario, Chris Brown, Raheem Devon, Keisha Cole, Jaheem, Estelle, Flo, Tree Skills, Ace... Hood, Q- and Rick Ross. Q- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's still working on some crazy shit. So, you know, we, we'd like to thank nah, you for coming through. Uh, thank you, Yo, man. this is hours.
0: personally my shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one more joint he wants to play. Can I, can I say one thing, though, real quick? Yeah, go ahead, man.
6: I want to say, you know, what you guys are doing is very, very thorough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I admire this. The fact that you guys are willing to, you know, take the time on a Friday night you of know, course It's try to educate Because we love this yeah. shit You love this You so <laughs> breathe this you We live know, breathe it, this shit is inspiring You know like A lot of people Don't know You know It's so many resources But not knowing How to get to these resources Is just as damaging As not knowing That anything, there are other resources right. even, even with the, this venture That I'm doing With one of my One of my My good friends It's called Studio Bums It's a site That's dedicated to Sharing knowledge And it's like a a lot producers lifestyle blog, you know, with oh, different okay. contributors and stuff like that. Because I feel like this there's a void, yep. there's a need for this type of information That's out there. You know,
1: the engineers got the Pensado's place, man. You know,
3: yeah, yeah, We yeah. need, we, we need a producer yeah. one.
4: Yeah. yeah,
1: let's go. Is it? All right, let, let's turn this up, man. And yo, thanks again for coming through. Thanks for having all me. Right, for you. driving you, up the two hours. Yes, going sir. The can't can't One more
4: round that. of
3: applause, man. For Legendary. Let that shit rock. Blap on the radio, black, let's white. go! Black, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank
6: y'all. Blap, So I can get ratchet and out of wheelchair? Yes. Yeah, okay. Awesome. <laughs>